call from mom. Answer it. Call silence. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Thank you, thank you, gentlemen and guns. This podcast, hey, hold on. Brand new podcast. Whoa. Switch it up. My special, Hey Big Boy, is streaming right now on Netflix. So go to Netflix and check out Hey Big Boy and, uh, and enjoy it. If you're home like we are, enjoy it. And make so, sure you watch the credits. And make sure you watch the credits. The credits are super important. They're super cool. We, le- we left a bunch of Easter eggs in the credits. Um, my bestie, Tom Segura's uh, special, Ball Hog, is streaming as well. <laughs> what a name. Who he came up with that name? Hog. He's got two stools in there. <laughs> Um, check out his we got a new two bears one cave coming out every single week and I am on Rogan this week Uh, that is it for for uh, for anything to promote we are hold up I'm going to be doing a podcast with Leanne uh, soon just to talk about how things are going Um, with homeschooling so awesome I am headed to uh, the endodontist right now to get a root canal I have what our dentist called the biggest cavity he's ever seen yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty Grand Canyon esque. Oh, I'm in so much fucking pain. It was pretty much half your tooth. I'm. This is very poetic that this would happen to me during the coronavirus. Why? It's how this shit happens, Leanne. Look at any great hero, Tom Hanks and Castaway. This what? Is, yeah, he had a toothache. Toothaches bring down heroes. Is that right? And yeah, and, and I've been losing weight. And I've been running hard, and I think I got to be honest with you. I think running is what caused it because I have a... No, no, running did not cause your cavity. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think it might be eating too many Skittles and not going to the dentist for eight fucking years. Maybe they would have caught your cavity eight years ago and filled it. Guys, if you want to hear hot takes like this, check out Leanne's <laughs> podcast, Wife of the Party. Um, so I'm going to make this a quick intro. I know you just want to hear the podcast right now. That's where my head is. Um, check out... Me on Rogan this week. Check out me and Tom's specials. Hey, big boy and ball hog. Do me a favor. Word of mouth is a game changer in this business. So if you enjoy either of them, you'll probably like mine more, but if you enjoy (laughs) either of them, just tell your friends. Send out a group text to your friends. Hey, man, if you're on Netflix and you've finished watching Cat King, Tiger King, check out Hey, big boy or or, uh, ball hog, whatever. My mouth is in so much pain. Well, we're going to go fix it. We're going to go fix it, and we're running late to the endodontist, so I'll get you right into the podcast. All I'll say is... Uh, Wait, hold on. you got to say this podcast is brought to you by... No, I no, I got that. Okay, I was just I know when sure. to do my, I know when to do my own reads. I never know with you, because then if then you would have not done it, and then you would have gone, fuck, Leanne, why didn't you remind me? No, stop. My, you're killing me. Um, this podcast was, was recorded by uh, before the outbreak of COVID-19 mm-hmm. um, or the coronavirus. This was recorded before. So you're not going to hear talk about it. So I hope you can tap out. I hope you're done listening. By the way, Tom and I are trying not to talk about it. Joe and I talked about it a little bit, but I'm going to try all. I have a podcast with Dr. Drew where we talk about it. But I'm going to try to avoid the topic because you already know what's going on. You're already watching the news. You're not coming to me to find more information or how I'm doing with my family. You're doing yours with your family and keeping it locked down. 
and and I'm doing the same, and I'm going to try to try to make things lighter when you listen to this podcast. That's my attempt. I don't really give a fuck about shedding more light on the virus. I just want you to be entertained. So if you want to get on the treadmill and not think about the world, that's why. This is when comedy's been needed the most. So this is a conversation. Oh, wait, you know what? I'd like to thank our sponsors at Whoop. We are living in some crazy times right now, and anxiety is at an all-time high. And as we self-quarantine to combat this COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic, we're stressed. And when we're stressed, sometimes we don't sleep well. And when we don't sleep well, our immune systems become weakened and become more prone to getting sick. And the best way to combat and boost your immune system is through great sleep. And right now, it could not be more important to have a product like the Whoop fitness tracker whoop is the best in its class when it comes to sleep tracking and even lets you know when you should be going to bed based on how strenuous your day was when we're stressed more than normal we need to sleep more as a result and whoop gives the insight and the feedback to help make better sleep performance habits i am actually sleeping phenomenally uh, better than i ever have in my entire adult life, definitely better than Sober October. And it's based on Whoop letting me know when I should go to bed. And if you're stuck at home training like I am, Whoop has built-in strain coach features that actually set exertion goals so you can optimally work out so you're not losing out on your fitness goals during this self-quarantine. Make the best out of this situation. Optimize your sleep and performance with Whoop. Sleep better with personalized insights and strengthen your immune system. Train optimally and don't get out of shape while you're stuck at home. For my listeners, Whoop is offering 15% off with the code BERT at checkout. Go to whoop.com. That's W H O O P.com and enter BERT at checkout to save 15% off. Sleep better, recover faster, train smarter, optimize your performance with Whoop. Uh, thank you to all my sponsors. We had a few more mid-roll reads in there. Thank you very much, guys. They're definitely keeping the lights on at times like these. So I hope you enjoy these podcasts. We're going to try to double up, bring more podcasts. Um, I talked to Dr. Drew for the future. We are social distancing during these podcasts. I am six feet away from Halston. We don't touch. I'm six feet away from my guest. We don't touch. And we keep distances. And as long as they say, as, as long as they keep it where we're at, at 10 or less people, this is still following the rules. And, and we not, Lysol everything. And we Lysol the fuck out of everything. L- Halston literally cleans us up like he killed a man after the after the podcast. <laughs> so we're all staying safe. And I want you to stay safe. And uh, and and listen, the numbers are going to bump a tad bit in the next few days, but don't get nervous. That's because of the latency period. Bert, I thought you weren't going to talk about the virus. I'm not. We just haven't peaked yet. Yeah, yeah. We just have a peak chat. So um, today's podcast is with Mike Vecchione. Uh, Mike Vecchione had a... a, a an album, the worst kind of thoughtful. I listened to it and it's fucking hilarious. If you're looking for something to get your mind out of it, if you're going for sanity walks or just getting on the treadmill or getting on your elliptical and you don't want to listen to music because you're tapped out with your music bed and you just want to listen to something that's funny, God damn it, Mike Vecchione's a great comic. He is a great comic. He's one of Attell's favorite comics. That should say all you need to know. Totally. Now, should be noted, um, Mike and I had a, you. If you've I, all I will say in the past, Mike and I um, had dated the same girl at one point. We don't talk about that at all. At all, um, I think we may re- it may be a subtle reference, but it's very long in our past. And 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 by the way, there's no we didn't know we, you'll talk. We'll hear about it. We almost got into a fist fight in, in our freshman year of college, roughly around this, and that'll come up. But we don't really touch much into it. We both talked before the podcast. And we both 
hope she's doing really well and so and and it's like <clears throat> silly to come out and like have that be a topic of sub of conversation when there's so much more to talk about we get a little emotional mike talks about the loss of his father and dealing with his father and his grandfather and his father and his himself and it's really a fucking he talks about uh being engaged and losing that relationship and it's a great fucking podcast it really is a great fucking podcast so if you want to tap out from the news cycle and you want to just listen to two dudes talk who are the same age who both kind of grew up around the same place both knew the same people and now are in the same occupation oddly fucking enough i mean i've been waiting to do this podcast with him for a long time so i hope i deliver i hope you enjoy it i hope you stay safe with your family stay inside keep your contact minimal do what you got to do hey if you're in sherman oaks the joint is my fishmonger they are on ventura they have tons of fish they're baking bread daily i think they're, they're turning themselves into a grocery store so if you are local on ventura in sherman oaks it's called the joint and uh Ventura and Woodman. Ventura and Woodman. Hit them up, tell them Bert sent you. Um, and they've got a ton of fresh fish. So ton of fresh fish, and I think they're bringing in more stuff to kind of take care of the community. So check them out, The Joint, all right? Yep. Um, I keep fucking my buddy's names, my name up. Leeway. 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 Leeway is my man at The Joint. I fuck his name up because I read it, and I don't read it right. Yeah, it does It's L-I-W-I-E. Yeah, it's Leeway. Leeway. Tell Leroy, Lee, Leeway to stay safe. Leroy. Tell Leeway <laughs> to stay safe. But Sherman Oaks, hit up the joint. They've got they've got your back. And they've got fresh coffee. And their coffee fucking rocks. Their coffee's awesome. Yes. And they have some nice wines. Yeah. But stay sober this coronavirus period. Yeah. Get your health. But the coffee's amazing. Yeah, yeah. get your health. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Leeway. Leeway. Jesus. Leeway. Leeway. Today's podcast, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, stand-up comedian, former state wrestler, <laughs> my buddy, my Eskimo brother, <laughs> Mike Vecchione. This is What's interesting about you is you are like from the guy that I assumed you would be, yeah. you know, like wrestler right. fucking out of like Pennsylvania or Ohio. Uh, originally from Ohio, yeah. But you lived in Pennsylvania too, yeah, right? Yeah, I went to I went to Penn State. Went to Penn so State. So I right. placed in Florida in wrestling in, at states my yeah. senior year, and then I went to Penn we State. met at, yeah. we met at uh, Rocket's yes, house briefly. We, we almost got in a fight at yeah, Rocket's house. Yeah, I was not. Uh, I don't. I just I don't think I was in a good place. Who was that guy? Like Ru- how? That's my my biggest question. Oh, is is no no you like oh, yeah. where because. Because we had met, we had had similar pasts. We had, we had obviously both were in Tampa or Florida. Florida, yeah. At one point. Right. Mutual friends of yours went to Florida State. Right. Mutual friends of mine at Florida State knew you. And so, and so I was like, and I, and we had, we had our paths had crossed, you know, in, in a, in a, in a uh, lunaristic kind of way. And then, and when, when we met you, me and my friends from Tampa met you and your friends. Right. We almost got into a fight. So that, that's my record of you. Right. Then cut to, and, and I, by the way, I could tell you what you were wearing. I remember that so vividly. I could tell you where you were standing. Um, and, then I, and then I meet you with Big J. Right. And we're kind of bullshitting on life experience. Oh, I'm from Boca. And I went, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Oh, wait, hold on. Wait. Yeah. And then I realized, and then I'm looking at you going, this is the most sensitive thoughtful yeah. intelligent yeah. brilliant comedian 
Well, no, I'm not a meat. I look like kind of a meatheady guy. I guess that's that's what it was. But, but I'm, you I'm were a meathead not. that night, and yeah. so was I. By yeah. the way, yeah. yeah. But what, like, what I want to know about the transformation from that guy, sleeveless shirt, cut down to the mid. <laughs> <laughs> that was a style back then. By the way, <laughs> it was. <laughs> I just got to cut to L.A. for right now. I taken. I I didn't rent a car this time. Yeah, I'm taking Ubers everywhere. And uh, it's really an experience by taking an Uber because in the notes, like uh, it's funny to write stuff like um, no eye contact <laughs> or it's like, you know, what I mean, like um, I have no thumbs. Don't want to talk about it <laughs> to see if the guy, uh, you know, responds. Well, the good thing about Uber in L.A. is you don't have to put on cologne because they put on enough for two. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And it's great to find out their story. And if you go to some of these small towns and take Ubers, like, they just go in. They go right in. Talk talking politics they go right in, bro man. i don't want to i won't i this is where i become a snob i will not get in just someone's car like i'm no. not getting in a dude's car <laughs> i'm getting in i will get only get uh the premium black car experience right. or like an suv i want a guy in a suit who's who talks about fucking glendale and being persian and his pride and <laughs> the armenian genocide yeah, yeah the armenian <laughs> an armenian guy took me yeah here. armenian yeah. guys yeah but like i um I will not get in like a regular person's car because yeah. I've got so many times you just get in. They're like, like we were just me and Shane Torres were one the other day and the guy goes, uh, pulls up to the tour bus and he's like, Oh shit, I'm taking you. And I was like, yeah, he's like, Oh, shut the fuck uh, up. Then he goes, so then the whole time he is just staring at me in the rear view mirror. Right. And then halfway through it starts to live stream us. And he's like, ah, oh, I got the machine in my backseat right. with his friend. Where are you going, man? And I'm like, I kind of want to keep that secret. Like, I don't don't yeah. want to put that on your social media. But so, like, I just I want but the problem I run into. Now that's great if you flip out. You you do one of those TMZ meltdowns and get the camera out of my face, man. I'm warning you. Get it out of my face. I got a short fuse. Like that's great if you like. <laughs> it's like that. That yeah. I got a temper. And oh, then you just film me, motherfucker. <laughs> film me. Now I'm filming you, dude. Uh. I, my thing I run into, and I, I've got to be careful of how I word this, is I order Ubers so often from my house right. that it's the dudes who live around me that pick me up often. So oh, I've got okay. like two or three guys that, I, that I'll Uber and they'll be like, hey, Bert, it's Glenn. I'll be there in five. And then you get there and it's like we've got running jokes. <laughs> like there's one guy, Evgeny. Eugene is his name, but I call him Evgeny because that's how you say Eugene in Russian. And me and him, I mean, he he drives me so much that sometimes I'm not even fucking around. I know you won't believe this, so I'm going to show you the text. He will text me and go, hey, man, you need a ride anywhere? Just text me. That's really great. And it's fucking awesome because I'll be like, actually. Hey, bud, rent's due. Need yeah. a ride? <laughs> <laughs> he texted me the other day. He goes, how, how do you spell Eugene? Look, I swear to God. He goes, hello, how are you? Any rides? <laughs> I swear to God. Because he like, and then I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I need to go to the improv." And he was like, "I'll be there at five. So I was like, "Oh, I didn't even have to call an Uber. He just texted." But I think he knows my schedule, right? So he's like, "It's eight o'clock. Someone's got spots tonight." That's great. And so he's like, uh. "That's so great." Yeah, but um, you're like, I wasn't gonna go out, but now that you offered, I think uh, I think I'm gonna do a spot. So is that where is that how your is your brain always on like that? Like when you get in an Uber, you're like, "Here we go." yeah there's a like uh comedically i'm like there's a chunk here you always somewhere. see it because yeah, yeah, yeah. your your stand-up is i'm curious of how you write because you know and and to go back to that when i saw when i met you with big j right 
we had all had extremely bad sets that night. Do you remember? I don't think you had a bad set. I was watching you going, oh my God, because I had a bad set. I think Jay did pretty well. I and walked, then, I walked and then a paraplegic. He, Do you remember that? <laughs> a paraplegic walk. <laughs> like got up and got up and left. And and I was like, Are you serious? <laughs> and and they kept coming in with the straw, like and he's like, You suck. <laughs> no, but you still you still had the composure. You had headlining composure, which is like, even if it's even if it's not going well, you sit in the pocket, you sit in the pocket and you just keep coming. Whereas at that time in my development, I wouldn't have been able to do that. I just would have uh, bombed. Really? And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you had like headline and composure where they were a tough crowd, but you just like stayed in the pocket and kept coming at them. And that's what that's why I looked at it. I was like, wow, this is. It's oh, clear that you've been do you you've been was, doing this and you've gone came up through the clubs. We you know um, I mean? there. Well, thank you, but but when the first time I saw you do stand up was on Last Comic Standing, right? And I was like, oh, shut the fuck up! Like this is. This is premium joke writing. This right. isn't like just, this isn't open mic shit. This isn't last comic standing shit. Right. This is amazing joke writing. And then I remember texting Jay and Big Jay was like, oh, oh yeah, he's fucking amazing. And then, and then the next, I mean, when I want to say the next leap, I see you here and there. Uh, but the next big leap was your fucking album is so goddamn Thank you, good. Man. Thank you. And I appreciate you pushing it. You did. Dude, it's you really so, helped me a lot. In, I mean, I'm in terms of you, getting it some, because nobody was paying attention to it. And you, guys like you, Ari, um, Jay, Attell, like pu pushing it. Dude, so, what's the name of that album? The Worst Kind of Thoughtful. The Worst Kind of Thoughtful. Yeah. I have it on my fucking phone. And I'm telling you. Chad Zumach also. Chad it, really pushed. Yeah. And, and we, uh, it was, I listened to it. I want to say Big J texted me. He's like, have you listened to Vecchione's album? And I was like, no. And he was like, get it. You're going to love it. And so I got it. I listened with the girls in the parking lot of Gelson's, and they're crying fucking laughing. Oh, that fucking mega bus bit. And by the way, so you know, I, I'd, I'd never seen or heard of a mega bus. Right. So then one day I'm on tour, and I'm jogging. I, I wish I remember exactly where I was, but I'm probably like maybe i want to say texas somewhere in texas maybe i don't know where mega buses run right. but i'm jogging around a bus station because it was like a quarter of a mile loop right. and so and it was like all the buses met in the center and there was a sidewalk surrounding the bus station and you know an entrance to get them in and i'm jogging and a mega bus pulls up yeah and i'm like oh i gotta fucking see this for myself yeah i'm jogging right right and i stop jogging and i just run up and look inside everyone looked at me like oh fuck here's our po like we're going down and i was like and, I, and they're like just uh, and i was like oh my god this does not let down but it, that's such a great album i'm literally saying this to anyone listening right now if you're going on a long ride if you if you are gonna go walk on the treadmill and you want to laugh like like there are albums to this day that i go best album ever skanks for your memories Scan yeah skanks, skanks for your memories, memories is the greatest comedy album that i've ever listened to in my entire life right redefine the way i I mean, the way I attempted to do comedy, yeah. I think I went back into a different direction. Yeah. But like that album, beginning to end, quotable. You know, what's beautiful about that album is that my wife and I quote that to each other, lines of his. I want it to sound like a boot stuck in yeah, mud, only yeah, wetter. Yeah. Did everyone get it that's going to get it? Yeah. Let's move on. Just the, the tightest word economy that you could possibly have. Me too. It had a profound effect on my life. Where were I you when you heard Skanks? I... um somebody recommended to me this back when there were cds yeah and i and i put it on i'm like this is the this is the one of, you know when you see great or when you see a great movie you listen to a great song and it doesn't even have to be in your wheelhouse like uh hit him up by the tupac yeah you know i'm not a gangster rap guy i'm not a really rap guy you listen to that song it's just the lyrics are so tightly um written 
you're like, this is unbelievable. This guy's a genius. Yeah. Like, I don't know what is going on in his personal life. He might have been like a bipolar, like, a, a, I don't know. But like, this is brilliant the way, and it's not even in my thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, so, but when I listen to it, I'm like, this is a different way of doing comedy. We're, we're no, yeah. so, and I saw, I saw Dave live at the Laugh House. I came out of the Laugh House in Philly. Oh, so, so, so I was wondering, so where did you, like, get me from a high, high school, Mike Vecchione, yeah, yeah. to like today? Or even just to start comedy. I was, I was reading my yearbook, and you know, you you read the dumb things that in your yearbook and the and the, your quotes. It's like, yeah, it's just I had such a dumb. I, I was never like a dumb dumb kid. I was always like a pretty sensitive kid, and that's good and bad because you can, you know what I mean. It's good because you 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 take more notice of things, but uh, the bad part is like you can get hurt. You know what I mean? If you're sensitive, you know what I mean? So, so I didn't have that dumb, dumb kind of like, nothing can hurt me. Fuck you. Like, I just didn't have that vibe. I was like, I, I, and I was a blue collar guy. I was a blue collar. I was an athlete, but I wasn't like a naturally gifted athlete. I think there's a difference when there's a, when you're a naturally gifted athlete, it's like things come easier to you and you don't have to examine stuff as much. I wasn't like that. I was like a, a blue collar grind until you get it type guy. Really? Yeah. So, so wait, with wrestling, I went through a lot of like, um, people were like, oh, you, you, you from the outside. It's like, oh, you're a wrestler. You, you're this guy. It's like, I was getting pinned my sophomore year. I was wrestling a uh, varsity, and, and I in in Florida made the move from, and I had a really good program in Ohio. We went to Florida, and it was a little loose, more loosely run, and I did not flourish that well. And I was getting pinned, like I was getting pinned in home matches, and, and it's it's something to get pinned by another uh, kid your own weight in in a gym full of people. Like I, I think people just kind of glaze over that now. It's it's humiliating. I mean, really? to me, I was very, I was sensitive. You know what I mean? So it was yeah. like humiliating to me. And to the point where my sophomore year, I told my parents like, stop coming to the matches for a while really? until I can figure out how to be better. Because I would just get pinned, and it, 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 it was, I was humiliated. You know what I mean? So I had to figure out a way to deal. Should I quit? Like this doesn't feel good, and I don't know what to do. So I, I, but I stayed in it. And I came, I went to camp, I went to a wrestling camp, uh, and, and then I, I got better. And then my senior year, a guy came down who was, uh, he was a college wrestler, and he dropped out. He had got a, a ride, uh, and he dropped out. And his girlfriend, his girlfriend was a few years younger, she went to our school, and he just came out and started working out with the team. And that guy, his name's Tom Lewis, he changed my life. Like, he started working with me and got me to the state tournament and got me through. Because I had lost the year before in regionals, and he had got me through to the finals. What way did you wrestle lost. at? 160. I, I was I was wrestling. I was playing football, and I, I was a really uh, bulky kid, short but bulky. I played football like 190. So I started the year wrestling at 189 pounds. I cut to 171. I wrestled that most of the year, and then I cut another 11 to 160 for the tournaments. Did you enjoy cutting weight? I hated it. I hate. That's why I can't do the intermittent fasting or any of that stuff now because it reminds me too much of cutting weight. Really? Yeah, I didn't like it. And Saunas? and I'm a bulky like bulky guy like there's just some guys who what do you are weigh right now lean. i weigh like 210 it's great that's terror i'm 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 five eight 210 is bad i would bad, love to weigh 210 i would for love me to you're tall two. though you're like six, yeah, do you do sauna at all i like the steam room oh i love saunas yeah, yeah, yeah. i love saunas yeah sweat i'm it fucking out. obsessed with them so wait so so what was it what was it that turned the corner in wrestling for you like what this one guy comes down and then was it like he was, was it did he, you like discipline yeah, yeah i'm i'm a dis I, i'm like because I didn't have the unbelievable athleticism, I needed a good, I needed like a solid, like structured program. And that's just so, not the way it was run do you down realize here in Florida, how different you know? we are? Because like, I am someone, I have no discipline and I love no discipline. 
I'm someone that always rested on just like very like I was a I was a gifted athlete, but not like over the top, but I could just play any sport yeah. and then start and be like, I'm, I got it. And then I would never work hard at anything as my my biggest flaw is I just I always believed in luck and just and like talent. Like I remember do you want that's to hear, unbelievable. This I do exact, like that like naturally gifted thing. And I knew that about you because uh, at, when I first met you, I'm like, uh, I don't know what it was, but I was like, do you know Russian? And you were like, da. Yeah, <laughs> like he's naturally learning. He's like, it didn't anything. It didn't seem to be that much of a struggle for you. When right? I was in, you ready for this? This is a perfect insight into my brain. When I was in, maybe well, I must have been ten years old. So I was like probably third grade. I went to we had we went to church uh, right down the street, St. Mary's, and um, my dad said we were at the point where you know you take communion and then you pray and you thank God for all you know. You kind of connect with God. You sit on your knees. And I I said my prayers to God. And I, I my dad said, hey, hey, buddy, what did you pray for? And I said, I just thank God for all this God-given talent. And he went, <laughs> <laughs> my dad was like, what? And I said, I mean, I'm blessed with this, like, amazing talent. He goes, talent in what? And I go, name it. <laughs> like, I was, by the way, that, and then, like, I, there were so many times my dad's, a, my dad, if my dad was listening to this right now, he would connect with you immediately. My dad, to this day, would always say, I never had any talent, but I worked really hard. I worked really, really hard. And that's how I got, my dad had a full scholarship at Villanova for track. Right. And, um, and was of, was of, uh, ran very successfully track. Uh, throughout college and high school had a, a scholarship in high school and in college but he worked really hard yeah. he always said i i'm not that talented i know dad right now would tell right now if i called him he'd go i'm not that smart of a guy but i i just i'm scared of failure so i work hard yeah and i was the kid who what i mean like i caught a fly ball in first grade right. second base bases were loaded i caught it i spiked it ripped my shirt off and started dancing <laughs> Whatever that part of my personality right. is, it's identical to yours right. in that in that you can't deny it. Yeah. But very few people, I think very few people look at it the way you do and go, Oh, I'm just gonna I need discipline. I need I need regiment. Regiment. Like yeah, that's yeah. fucking fascinating. Yeah, and it'll come. I'll 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 get it. Like I don't I, I think I'm a smart guy and I think I'm a, a capable guy, but it's like and you know, to be honest, I like that's the way I was I came up with and, and I like I kinda it works for me. I like being in that I like having it's a, a discipline life. It's a comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. But, but there's something you said to me also when we first met, because I was asking you, because you used to work at the Boston Comedy Club yeah. in New York before you moved out here. And you said that you just weren't reaching your potential. And your father kind of said to himself, uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't hard enough on you. Oh. Or like, I, I didn't, I didn't do the things that I should have done. My dad said to, he failed to, me as a father. Yeah. His exact words, I failed you as a father. Yeah. I remember that. I remember oh. you say that, that, those are like, that's like a deep, deep oh, thing. And yeah. it, like, I mean, I don't know what kind of a guy you are emotionally like that, but that's gotta have like an, a, oh, a massive effect. That left a dent for a long time. <laughs> That was like that well, no, I don't. I don't look at it like I'm, I was a failure. It's like, I, you know, you you have talent, but I didn't. I I gave things to you too easily. Yeah. In terms of like not making you fight for it a little bit. Oh, a hundred percent. My dad, that that one speech. I've I've said this to my dad a million times. I've said this. I've, I've probably said this on the podcast a bunch, and I've said it to anyone that ever asked. That one moment of my dad giving me, uh, it was my it was my twenty sixth birthday. I was said I was wanting to do stand up. I had not done anything. I mean, I just, I'd done a couple open mics, but I basically just hang out at the clubs and get drunk off his credit card. 
I would use his credit card if I ran out of money and I would just buy drinks. I remember one time I met Tom Rhodes down at the bottom at the at the McDougal's, not McDougal's, uh, uh, whatever the name of the club, the bar underneath Boston Comedy Club. Oh was. yeah, I remember that. Boy. I forget the name yeah. of it right now, but um, I I. I my I said Tom, tell me anything about stand up, and he goes, if you buy me beers, I'll tell you. I put my dad's credit card down, and I was like, and that's I mean that's pretty much how I I worked at Barnes and Noble, but I wasn't achieving any dreams. My dad called me on my 26th birthday. I was hungover, and I thought it was like early in the morning. We had no AC, but it was November, so it's not that bad. And I remember thinking he's just gonna say happy birthday. I'll take this call, get it over with, pass out, go back to sleep. Right. And he was like, and I think his first words were. Uh, I'm either either you're a fucking loser or I'm embarrassed of you. Like you're an embarrassment. I failed you. He goes, I just perjured myself in court. He was like, the the judge said, How's your son? And I said, Great. He goes, I lied in court for you. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, because oh, I'm not going back to sleep now. But it was it was one of the best moments. Right. The, it was the best parenting he's ever done for me. Right. Because I was I was a kid who really I just figured it'll all work out. Six and a half years at Florida State, no direction whatsoever right like no idea of what to do and then rolling stone magazine discovers me calls me the number one party animal in the country oliver stone options rights in my life i moved to new york and i just figured that's how stand-up would work is that right is that something would happen right it'll it'll work itself out dad yeah. don't worry about it yeah I, i'll get discovered and then he was like no you have no humility you have no work ethic he goes i raised you wrong he was like i didn't want you to struggle the way i struggled and so i fucked you up you have no humility that was my number one thing. I, my number one takeaway was you have no humility. And I didn't, I, I didn't not have humility. I, I would get embarrassed very easily. Yeah. I'm extremely sensitive too. Like you are, I am yeah. so fucking sensitive and I hate it about myself. I wish I could be like everyone else who just does not give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. That really comes in handy a lot of times. Like oh. you see people and they, it's like, they don't give a shit. It's like, I'm not that guy, you know, and really, you, come to, you have to come to, first of all, you have to acknowledge that that's what it is. Yeah. And then you have to come to peace with it and be like, yeah, it's it's okay. But you have other abilities. I feel like I have other abilities because of that. I, I, yeah. I think, I th well, I think one of the things I do is I read into things very quickly. Like if someone says something to me, I read into that immediately. Yeah. Like I'm. For the right or the wrong or in, in an objective I, way. Or, for the, it's like, you know, when a girl's cheating on you yeah. and you're like, I'm pretty sure I'm getting cheated on right yeah, now. Yeah. And you're like, my intuition tells me things are off. Yes. And I think I do that with life, with everything in life, because I'm so sensitive that I, that I, I sometimes will read into things that, uh, and then other times I, I will be oblivious to other people's feelings because I figure if I'm not, if it's not registering on my radar, right. then it, it's not real. And so I'll hurt people's feelings, not realizing I'm doing it. That's why I don't do roast battle because I say things and people go, man, you're a nice guy. Why would the fuck would you say that? Yeah. I was like, it's Rose Battle. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is what it is, yeah. yeah. And they're like, but do you really think if I drive a Civic that I don't get pussy? And I'm like, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I'm just trying to write a joke. I'm not good at this, man. I was, my father was, uh, he came from a very, uh, an abusive uh, background and uh, they were in a, he was in a family business and he was very much like, uh, it was right in his face that he hated the way he was treated. So he worked very hard not to treat me that way. He worked very hard to to like when I was uh, young to tell me that I I was loved and that I had talent and that I was a winner. So he did those things. I mean, Holy as flawed as, as flawed as uh, my upbringing was, and there were some flaws in it. Especially after I got out of college, um, we had a we had a lot a lot of back and forth, a lot of a lot oh. of tough times. But uh, the, he laid that foundation when I was young. Like 
You're a winner. I fucking love you. You're my son and you're going to be successful. Like he would lay that down. He's like, don't be afraid to work hard. Like work ethic, all that stuff was like. That's really funny. My dad would say he was proud of me a lot. Yeah. My dad always. And what about like, would he kiss you? Like, yeah, that's a yeah, big oh, yeah. thing. Like oh, yeah, time, yeah. my father too. He would like kiss me and Dude, I had like, to kiss my dad every you. night when I got home from any night. Any night I ever showed up in the house, he was in bed. Yeah, I'd go upstairs and give him a kiss. I think mostly just what you could tell if I was drinking or not. Yeah, but I but that to this, I mean, I, I still kiss my dad on the cheek. Like, I yeah. still kiss my dad on the cheek, and yeah. it, it's so funny because my daughters don't kiss me at all. And it's like fucking. And now with the way that society has gone with with like whoa 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. like dude i my dad one time my dad would, is gonna hate that i'll say this <laughs> when i was in high school i was in the shower too long and my dad just got in the shower and because there was there was no boundaries with that he was yeah. like and i was like what the fuck are you doing he's like you're taking too long i get to fucking work get the fuck out and i was like oh my god but <laughs> i remember i made my dad laugh so hard this is i'm super embarrassed saying this but i don't mind but as soon as he got in, I tucked my dick between my legs That's and hilarious. closed my legs and did that like <laughs> silence of the lamb mangina. And he, <laughs> and he goes, where the fuck's your dick? <laughs> my dad, my, my, my daughter, Isla saw my dad naked on 4th of July, probably like fucking 10 years ago, maybe like eight years ago. <laughs> and she goes into my parents' room. We hear a screech and she walks out. She must have been six years old. And she goes, uh, don't need to see fireworks tonight. <laughs> I said, well, she goes, I just saw Papa's vagina. Oh, mid-roll reads. Mid-roll reads. What are they? These are mid-roll reads. This podcast is brought to you by Quip, the makers of the Quip electric toothbrush. And they want you to know. The one single discovery that matters most for your dental care is Quip. It is simple, this simple. If you have good habits, you're good. That means brushing for two minutes twice a day and flossing regularly, no matter what brand you use. Quip makes that simple, starting with an electric toothbrush, refillable floss, and anti-cavity toothpaste that, in my opinion, is the best toothpaste tasting toothpaste in the market. Quip's electric brush has <laughs> sensitive sonic vibrations with a built-in timer and 30-second pulses to guide a full and even clean. The Quip Floss Dispenser comes with pre-marked string, so to help you know when you're using just enough. Plus, Quip delivers fresh brush heads, <laughs> floss, and toothpaste refills to your door every three months with free shipping. <laughs> so your routine is always right. Join over 3 million healthy mouths and get Quip today, starting at $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash birdcast right now, you'll get your first refill for free. That is your first refill for free at getquip.com slash birdcast. Getquip. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash birdcast. Quip, the good habits company. Everywhere is running out of toilet paper. <laughs> you know, You know who doesn't need toilet paper? Me. Me and people with Tushy. With Tushy, you, you lose 80% less TP. Break up with your toilet paper. Treat your butt right with Tushy. Wiping your butt with dry toilet paper doesn't remove all the shit. And it, sometimes it hurts. If you got a poop, if you got poop on any other part of your body, would you just wipe it off with dry paper? No. Who the hell would do that? An animal? Water cleans better than dry paper, my friends. Thankfully, there's a new sleek bidet attachment that clips onto your existing toilet and sprays your butt completely clean with fresh water. It is called 
tushy, and it's the best thing you can do for your butt. Tushy sprays directly to your ass and removes the poop completely so you aren't sitting on bacteria that leads to nasty things like hemorrhoids, yeast infections, and UTIs. Itchy assholes, skid marks, they're a thing of the past. Bidets are common in the rest of the world. Bidets save you money on toilet paper. I mean, I, I use, you still use a little bit just to pat dry. But literally, other than that, you're practically hands-free. You're not going to clog your toilets. And here's the best part. Tushy sprays your ass with fresh water. It's not toilet water. Tushy can always connects to the water supply behind your toilet to spray your dirty parts with fresh, clean water. It's the same water you brush your teeth with. Now you're putting it on your butt. Wet wipes are worse than toilet paper. And they're terrible for the environment. They cause anal fissures. And you do not want your anus fissuring. It's only $79 right now. Go to hellotushy.com slash birdcast to get 10% off your order. That's hellotushy.com slash birdcast to get 10% off your order. Yeah, but my my dad was very like, he was also very blunt. This is the reason I got into stand-up. He dad's a lawyer? Yeah. What's your dad do? He worked in a family business. We had a mushroom farm. My grandfather had a mushroom. He started as a... Uh, canning uh, spaghetti sauce but got couldn't make it in that business so started because they ragu was just starting back then so started canning mushrooms and then built a growing operation next to it so it was growing and canning mushrooms in 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 northeast ohio Ohio, yeah that's really fascinating yeah yeah and they would get it was a family business and they would get into battles in 1981 we picked up and moved to florida because they couldn't get it. My father was like, I'm drinking. Like, I, I'm not going to be there. For, I'm going to end up dead. Like, I'm not going to be there for my family because really? my father's driving me into the ground. And so then your dad moved to Florida and did what? A series of businesses that uh, failed, uh, sales, jobs. Uh, it was just, it was tough for a while. We didn't we didn't have money when we were down there growing really? up. Really? Yeah. Um, but I mean, but we, we middle class. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? But, but you know, scraping by. I, you- I could feel the difference. But the, it, it, when we were in Ohio, we had a little bit more money i could tell and then we moved to florida we was like but it but my father like made a balls move he's like this is the best thing for our family i have to cut the relationship with my father in order to be a father for my kids you know what i mean like i can't keep this guy in my life he's like he's killing me with negativity and and just you know he's just all over the place you know bipolar i think my grandfather suffered from like bipolar and he wasn't diagnosed back then and my, my father had some of it also you know what i mean but he at least had the presence of mind to be like, we got to get out of here. Like, I can't be a father to my kids. I want to be there. For, you know, I don't want to be working all the time and yeah. have to deal with this nonsense. So we moved. And it was it was really the best thing for our family. Because he got to spend time with us and and really, like, I, I grew up with a father. You know, the other way, I don't think I would have grown up with a father. Really? And your brother's yeah. older, correct? Brother's older, I think yeah. I met your brother. Yeah. Didn't yes, I? Yes, you did. Yeah, he, he came- was in town. And uh, it was a... Um, SDR skank fest something that, where yeah. at a bar and uh and I introduced you to my brother I remember that now yeah yeah and yeah. so um that's really interesting that your dad would have that kind of insects I feel like dads like my dad and your dad that weren't really like it was almost like the, my dad's motto in life was eat shit cash checks and so like the idea that you would put yourself first over anything is so like it's such a especially coming from a, a, a dad like his own dad it yeah. seems like such a fucking ballsy move yeah it was. It was like uh, this is our. You know, my father did have that thing though. He he had a thing which I wish I had more of, which is like, um, you know, work hard and be a good like learn everything you can. But but like when it's time to move on, do what you have to do for yourself. 
Like, don't stay in it. Like, like, like when I started stand up, I was teaching in Philadelphia and my mother was like, you got a good job, everything. And, and my father was like, nah, I was like, I'm moving to New York. And he's like, good. He's like, move to LA. Don't even move to New York, really? move to LA, move to LA and, and, tr and try to try it out there. Try to get on a like sitcom or like, and of course my father was like, yeah, get on a set, just mill around and see <laughs> if you can get on something. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's good. Dad. I'll just mill around. When the guard's not looking, you walk through the gate. <laughs> yeah, like, no, dad... but he was really like, he was like, yeah, have like, there's, I didn't realize this when I was young. It's like, uh, you know, stay focused, stay disciplined, but also have balls, like yeah. have balls. Like when it, when it comes time to like make a move, don't do anything impulsive, make sure you uh, analyze it and, and take stock and do your homework. But when it comes time to make a move, make a fucking move, have balls. Otherwise you're going to be caught in a situation where it's like people are using you for their dreams. It's like, don't, don't, you don't want to be in that. I remember saying to myself, I've always loved a couple days after the breakup when you're like still hurting, but you're like, so I can do anything today. I, I had that. I had a huge dose of that. I went through a breakup and in my twenties engaged. We were living together. For real? Yeah. She, she, she just dropped off the, the face of the earth was not interested. Like it, it hit me in a lot of, it hit me in a. You just like what you said, it hit me in the at the wait, deepest tell me about, level tell me about possible. The, wait, so get me from get me from college. You go to you go to went to Penn State. Yeah, wrestled for a while. Stopped wrestling. I didn't. I just didn't come back back out my sophomore year. I evaluated it. I was going through. I was going through it, and I was like, I'm not getting money. You know, if I was getting money, but I wasn't good enough to get money. I really wasn't good enough yeah. to get money. I was just in the room working hard. But the amount of work that you had to do to stay in that room was in, was incredible. And the guys who did it, I mean, had so they were my friends. It's unbelievable. But I came back my sophomore year and I'm like, this isn't worth it. I'm already in the school. It's not worth it for me to keep going with this. So I decided not to. I decided not to do it. And the coach was like, you know, you worked very hard. You're, you're, very, you know, I wasn't a good wrestler, but I, my work ethic was real good. And that's saying something in that kind of a room, the kind that kind of a room was, we were uh, number three in the country that year, division one. It was like a really very, very tough room. Guys, so talented up. We had all Americans up and down the lineup and uh, it was very, very difficult. So I decided my sophomore year, I was like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to, I'm like, and I had so much more like, energy and my 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 classes like i mean i got a part-time job like a, a lot of different things opened up met a girl we uh we start dating and then uh she goes to law school in philadelphia where she's from and so i move after i graduate i move and we move in together and i'm working with where you uh, live in maniunk uh, and i'm living in uh uh in the art museum area okay yeah so i know uh, that area Is yeah it down by great. the Google? uh it's what by by yeah by the yeah, school yeah, yeah. yes because that's when school. you drive to go to Preston yes. and Steve yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> so it, it's right there I mean the rent my whole family grew up in Philadelphia oh by yeah the way. my whole family my mom's from Philadelphia over on the main line by uh by um Valley Forge Military no I got my uh, master's degree from Cabrini College oh for real yeah, yeah. shut up so it's right there yeah and yeah. I worked at a behavioral school right in that area yeah and my dad went to Villanova it's great and so uh and so and my, so all my family is all from there but uh but more importantly it's like I've been, I've been doing fucking helium forever. That's yeah, great. Yeah. So you so you move down to Philly. Hopefully someday I'll get in that club. Wait, you're not doing fucking no, helium? No, I, 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 I've been trying to get in there. So hopefully. Uh, Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. I'd like to get in there because it's my, I, that's where the town we're from. The Laugh House is not there anymore. Um, and, uh, but uh, Just do, oh, they, you know what the best fucking in. room was, was, uh, was uh, the Trocadero. Oh, yeah. 
Philly crowds are good, man. Philly crowds are Philly fucking crowds are really amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So wait, yeah. you moved to Philly. So I moved to Philly with her, and now I'm working with kids with behavioral problems, a, a place called Glen Mills, and which is now closed. But um, I start working there 4 to 12 at night, um, making very low money, and she's finishing law school. We move out to the suburbs. She finishes law school. Yardley? I change Yardley? jobs. Uh, Ridley Park, okay, <laughs> which is right by the airport. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and my friend actually is the wrestling coach at Ridley Park now. Tony oh, really? Fabry. Go Green Raiders. <laughs> and uh, so <clears throat> I start working, and uh, I'm work I'm making like uh, not $8.80 an hour out of college with a college degree, working with uh, kids with behavioral problems who get thrown out of Philadelphia schools. So, um, But it's a, it's a day shift, and she starts uh, a job at a blue chip, she's very smart, blue chip law firm. We, uh, you know, so we're, we're engaged, we're engaged and, and living together three years and she just checks out, checks out of the relationship, completely checks out. Just, and, um, just checks out emotionally or just checks, checks out, out like emotionally, one? checks out emotionally, um, just checks out emotionally. Like I could feel like, you know, you have that thing where it's like, yeah. you have this feeling like oh, something's not right here. And then it came, it, it, it became completely obvious to me. It's like, oh, she, she doesn't, she doesn't want to be around me anymore you know something changed and uh i was like oh wow so uh we i would it was a very i was started teaching it in philadelphia it's philadelphia school district in the northeast in northeast philly and um and then she was working the job and it went it went south very quickly in like a, a period of months the whole relationship just was like pretty much over you know what i mean and then um so uh, it just hit me in a lot of different places it hit me I mean, it was the one of the hardest things I ever went through. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It hit me really, really hard. Because I found out, like, uh, she was being unfaithful to me. And I asked her several times. I'm like, is this about another guy? Whatever. And uh, she was like, no, 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 no. And, uh, and I was like, okay, I'll hang in. You know, I, I just don't. But, but I, could, I could feel, I could feel that, you know, she just don't want to be around me anymore. So um, it finally came to head when the lease was up. And... It was like, okay, <laughs> what, like, are, so, we, are, what we are we live together? Still? What are we doing? And like, <laughs> yeah. what, I was like in confusion, and I had gotten a DUI. Like, I had gotten a DUI. So we used to go out and drink together, and then I had gotten a DUI. So it's like when we when we would go out, like this probably this affected it a lot because we used to drink and have fun together. When, when we would go out now, one of us would not have to drink. Somebody would have to drive. Yeah. So it, like that, like really put a damper on things, and that was my fault. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. I, I maybe I, I don't know from her perspective. She's like, I'm not having much, this much fun with this guy. It's like you know you question things after a relationship. Did she ever really love me, or or maybe she did, and like maybe maybe there was things I was doing that was like, oh, this is not the right guy. You know, you don't know what's going on in somebody yeah. else's head when they break up with you. It's like they give you the the press conference reasons why they're breaking up with you. You don't the real reasons. Like the real reasons could be something like oh, you're too fat, your dick's not big, and it could be something you can, hurtful stuff that could never be changed. And it's like, oh, I thought I could get past it, but I can't. But um what whatever Probably whatever like the reason someone listening right now, they're going, Oh, I've got the the non press conference one before. <laughs> yeah, and they're the non, going, Yeah, that really hurts. <laughs> I mean, very rarely does somebody do the non press conference one because it's already you're already crushing them. They're already they're already I mean I've I've been I've been broken up. I've I I've I've Man, it sucks. It it really because it hit me in a place where it's like, like my father always wanted me to be a lawyer. She was a lawyer. She was making great money. Uh, she's very pretty, very smart. And and it and do you follow she her was, on Instagram? No, no, I don't do any of that. I don't do any of that because I have, it's like, I have an ex girlfriend I, I, I follow on Instagram. And uh, this was so many years ago too. You got to you got to. Oh, mine was this probably 20s. the exact same amount of years. Yeah, and so probably not not exact, but uh, 
yeah i, f- I follow an ex-girlfriend on instagram and uh and it's interesting to see like it's interesting to know that had we stayed together that would have never happened by the way i mean just really never would have happened just because like we were just i wouldn't be t- where i am today had i stayed with her and she would not be where she is today she, right. like it would just would have yeah. was not meant to be it, yeah there is reasons you know? why yeah. things happen the way they happen i really believe but that. i i do look at her instagram every now and then and go oh so had we in a perfect world stayed together that's what i'd be doing today like i just think that sometimes right. i go that's so crazy right and i go and i have hung out with her since oh wow yeah yeah oh, yeah she came to one of my shows she's great. she's really cool yeah um yeah, the, the the people. She's, by the way, she this girl is probably the reason I'm a comedian. No, no yeah. joke. Like, I was. I'll tell you something. But, but so when when the Rolling Stone article came out, I I I had gotten less than. Uh, I I told you what someone had said to me. I told a friend one time that I wanted to be a comedian, and they said that's a horrible idea. Don't tell right. it to anyone. Right. You should be embarrassed to think that you're not funny. <laughs> <laughs> I told you who said that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it was the morning of the Miami game, Miami, Miami, Florida State. And I told that person, you're not smart. Don't, don't ever fucking think you can do this. So, but and by the way, that person, by the way, this is spiraling out of control. That person was pretty smart, right? The, yeah. the next girlfriend. I'm not saying she wasn't smart, but she didn't look at the world in like, like, I, I mean this as a compliment, but you gotta have a level of kind of um of non-intelligence to look at my universe and go, I could do that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and this girl had that like lack of insight in life, like right. lack of like awareness of 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 sta- of limits that you should be aware of. Right, right. She was so cool. And then <laughs> she was like, this is like the total difference in girlfriends. She was like, I was like, she's like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, okay. I've told this to someone before and it didn't go well. I think I'm going to share it with her. I go, I roll over in bed and I go, I think I want to be a comedian. And she just sits up. She goes, you could totally do that. <laughs> and I was like, that's great. For real? She was like, oh my God. Yeah. That's- she goes, you're funnier than any of those guys out there. That's- and I was like, I was like, you needed that. Like, yes. like, like if I had said, I think I want to build rockets and go to Mars, she would have been like, I don't know how to do that, but I bet if you get a couple magazines, you could figure it out. I love that. Like, and so that girl was like super responsible for giving me the confidence. And yeah. and, and we it didn't work out. Obviously, it didn't work out while I was trying to be right. a comedian. And at one point, I think she was like, you know, I don't think it's gonna work out for you, but whatever. But I was because I was a fuck off. But that you need that every now and then that just like like my buddy Hutch is like that. Like I told him I wanted to be a comedian, and he was like, Oh, who should? You could totally do that, yeah. man. You're fucking hilarious. Yeah. And you need those friends. And you also need the ones that are like, I don't know if you need the ones that go, you don't have any talent. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'd hide from everyone. But, but yeah, like, it, it, so it's my. Well, I, you let the audience tell you too. Like the first couple of years, like I struggled, like I was struggling to be a joke writer. And it's like, you, you, is it, it, the, the first couple of years, I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm not going to be able to do this for a living. But I, I like I have my master's in education. Maybe just public speaking is good. I got nothing else going on. I don't care about fail, failure. I'm by myself. I'm alone. No one cares. So I'll just keep going That's up. That's a great Like, feeling. who gives a shit? Like, I'll just keep going up. I'll keep failing. I'll learn from it. And I'll figure it out. I'm never going to be able to really do this, though. I, I, I didn't think, you know. But, um, like, after year three, three and a half years, I started to get consistently funny. It's like, ah, 
yeah, maybe this is doable. Like this is, I didn't see this coming. I just thought it would be like, uh, it would help me with public speaking in some capacity. So when did you hit the turn? When did you hit the turn? Of so we like- go through this breakup and this breakup is a massive, in, and looking back on it, it's like, you know, at the time, you're thinking to yourself, oh my God, this is earth shattering, dude. I am, I just got fucking gut punched. But now when I look back on it, it's like, everybody's got this story. Yeah. Everybody's got it. You know, if you walk down the street, you ask somebody, what was the most heartbreaking relationship? And they'll tell you the exact same story. So it's like nothing personal against her. It's like, it just happened. It's just life. You know what I mean? Well, could she have handled it better? Yeah. And I probably could have handled it better too. You know, I probably could have got therapy and I did. I just like was grit my teeth and like, no, I'm going to fucking deal with this. But moving in with her, like, it, it, like it's really funny how life works. Cause moving in with her, if I would have went back to Florida after college, no girl just went back to Florida my father, what happened with my father, his father died and my father was a really great father because his father was right in his face with what he didn't, what he didn't want. But his father died. And after his father died, he almost like quickly forgot how much, cause they made peace. They made peace before he died. He quickly forgot how much he hated his childhood and he kind of became that. So if I would have went back to Florida, um, my father would have destroyed me. He would have destroyed me. And, How did and, that happen? And, and he, he wouldn't have meant to. He's like his mental conditioning. He just would have, he would have destroyed me. And I would have let him out of a sense of, because I had extreme loyalty to my father. So I just would have been like, I have to be a good son and eat shit. And uh, I w- he was locked into a certain mentality at that point, And so was I. So if it wasn't for her, she saved, she actually saved me. It's amazing how you can look at like, you can look at tragedies in your life yeah. and go, thank God that happened. Yeah, and and at, at the time it's like I, there's no way I can see any good in this, but you can't see it from your your perspective is too close. You can't see it, but looking back on it, it's like I'm doing what I want to do, and I'm the man that I am because of her. Like she saved me. If I wouldn't have had, if I wouldn't have gone to Philadelphia and been able to develop on my own with my own mind and 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 you know going through the things that you naturally go through. If I would have just went home and tried to like be there for my father, he would have just destroyed me he would have destroyed me and it wouldn't he wouldn't have meant he loved me he wouldn't have meant to do it my dad had a period where um he was eating diet pills a lot uh i i would argue and i think a a doctor would probably argue as well that it was he was just taking a lot of speed yeah but you can't tell that to my dad because he was like no buddy they're prescribed by a doctor and we went through a horrifically rough patch where because he was on these pills he was predicting your your thoughts so he would jump in front of your sentence and so he's really difficult to talk to for a period he and he he was in great shape and because he was in great shape my dad's always had issues with weight because he was in great shape he had all the life advice that you needed and it was like it was in a time of my life where i wasn't succeeding i wasn't doing anything i was kind of failing we had some of our worst fights i've ever can imagine like i i remember one i i think of the exact words he said and I just was like, it was, it was crazy. And it wasn't necessarily my dad. Yeah. I believe it was right. these pills. Right. Um, but it was like, and, and, and it was, it was crazy. Cause I kind of had to distance myself from him a little bit and be like, I can't, I can't be around him with my family. Yeah. Like my, like, you know, there was a lot of things that went on and I, and there is this kind of like push off you have to do as a son sometimes. And maybe sometimes people can't do it. But you have to like kind of go like I'm my own man. Like I'm gonna like right. I I bought a pair of shoes the other day that were uh this is gonna sound so fucking hoity toity. I bought a pair of shoes that were seven hundred dollars, right? Now they're 
sneakers, but they're these limited sneakers, and I really like the look of them. And I'm looking for a shoe to wear on stage because I don't wear very many clothes on stage. Right. So I need something that kind of looks like I dressed up. Yeah. So I got these like off-white Nike, really nice shoes, but they got delivered to my dad's office for some ever whatever reason. My the shipping address was sent to my dad's office, and he got them, and he was like, he was like, hey, uh, I got a pair of shoes for you. I said, yeah, and he goes, maybe I'll wear them out. And I said, oh, hey, don't. <laughs> I go, they're really expensive. I'm I'm not gonna wear them anywhere but on stage. Right. So they look very nice. And he goes, how expensive is expensive? Like, like over a hundred bucks. And I was like, yeah, they're over a hundred bucks. And he was like, wait, hold on, how much are they? I said, Dad, don't just don't go through them. Just send them to me. Yeah. And so then, fucking ten minutes later, I get a call. Fucking seven hundred. Who the fuck spent like really getting into my shit? Not mad at me, but yeah. just like, and I go, hey. I, I make money like I can spend money on like I don't buy a lot of clothes because right. I don't wear a lot of clothes so like if I'm gonna buy shoes for stage like and then I'm like why the fuck are we talking about this I'm a yeah. grown-up I have two children yeah. like they're, one's gonna go be in college in a couple like right. why are we talking about yeah. this yeah and he was like I, I'm sorry I didn't mean to get in your shit but it's like but that, I think that was my relationship with my dad is that yeah. very like to this day if I'm gonna have a steak I always call him and go hey a steakhouse what do you think about wet age versus dry age and he goes all right let me tell you something right like that's the way our relationship goes i'm gonna be devastated when he dies yeah it's tough my father passed in 2015 did he really it's hard it, it's hard to take but I, i'll tell you what makes it easier nothing left nothing left unsaid if really? there's nothing left unsaid you know there wasn't between me and him he was like you know i love you uh, there's nothing uh you know there's nothing i haven't said how did you do and uh and i was like I was like, that's it. I, I watched him the last couple uh, days. I, I got there. My sister, my sister, God bless her. She made the, cause my mom was like, no, you go do your weekend. I'm sure he'll be fine. My sister got on the phone and goes, nah, come home now. What, come home How now. did he pass? He had a respiratory illness. Really? Yeah, yeah, respiratory illness. So, so it was, uh, he was in hospice on the breathing machine. And my mother and my sister, to their credit, just left me alone in the was room. Was he a smoker? Him. Yeah, he smoked cigarettes for a while, but then quit from like his 40s until you know from his at age 40 he quit but then he started smoking cigars into his 60s and he would he was like he'd smoke a lot of cigars he was really? a, he was an obsessive guy eating smoke whatever he would just get get on a kick buying pets like he would just like he was an obsessive i'm serious like my mother went on a trip came home they had no pets they had like two dogs and a bird like he just like is a, he was an obsessive guy, but like a salesman, charismatic. Like you yeah. had to love the guy. You would just yeah. fucking love him. My my mother was the opposite. My mother was like the anchor. She was like my mom was slow and steady. You know, she was just like she was methodic. My father was like, you know, he had that bipolar like kind of like gene in him. So it was like, but he would buy me. Yeah, we had a we had a cockatoo like one of those colored birds that just latch on to one person. Anybody else would fight. We had marble in the house and the bird that the, the acoustics of the bird yelling oh, would just fuck. reverberate. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing here? You know, Sebastian, had, like, a, it's my Sebastian had one of those too. Really? <laughs> I don't know why I just they're, find that. They're I find attracted that's... to Italians, I guess. I wonder if that's an Italian <laughs> thing is to have a thing. bird. No, my father was like that, but it's like he was so charismatic. People loved him. People loved him. And uh, but I, I, the, my mother and sister left me alone in the room with him uh, at hospice. Uh, you know, for basically the last part of his life, like the last few hours. And I, I got to sit with him. I got to sit with him. I got to pray with him. I got to, I got to touch his hair. He had beautiful hair until he died, and um, kiss him. You know, so it was. You got to appreciate those times, you know? Yeah.
Yeah, I'm sorry. That's yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry, man. No, 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 dude. You know this is the thing is that I haven't. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't talked about it in a while. No, please, <clears throat> I, dude. I, 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 I was talking to Burr the other day. I'm gonna get emotional. Burr's not drinking right now, and I go. Uh, I said, "Will you ever drink again?" And he goes, "Nah." I said, "Really?" And he goes, eh, "I don't need it." And I said, "What about when your dad dies?" He goes, "Oh fuck, you got me." He yeah, goes, yeah. I don't know. He goes, "I don't know. I'll, I don't know. I'll call you when it happens." <laughs> yeah, you, I thought I thought I would get hammered, but it happened in such a way where I I got that last little time with him, and then at the funeral, I was good. Really? Yeah, I was good at the funeral. I was like, you know, I think Jordan Peterson has a thing where it's like you want to be the strongest guy at your father's funeral. He's got some really good, meaningful stuff, and uh, you know, I listened to him on Rogan. He's and uh, but I, I found that to be like I made my peace. I spent my time. Now this is for everybody else. This is for everybody else coming, coming to pay respects. So funny. My dad at my grandmother's funeral, I was crying, and my dad came up to me. He was like, "Hey, fucking pull it together." I was like, "What?" And he goes, "Be a fucking man. You got yeah. your kids with you. Yeah, you're the fucking father. Yeah, we're fucking falling apart. Like pull it together." I go, I'm sad. He's like, what are you sad about? And I go, I don't know. She's like, she was such a happy person. She just doesn't look happy. Like, right. she looks sad. And he goes, are you a fucking idiot? And I go, no, why? And he goes, you want her smiling in that box? And I was like, what? He's like, you want her to put a smile in the coffin? You know how fucking creepy that is? Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. It's like, got up. And I was like, I guess that's stupid. I didn't cry. I didn't cry at all. And then uh, I just stopped. And I was like, I don't know if this is healthy or not. Then, right, right. There's somebody telling you, yeah. Yeah, and then and then everyone left, and my dad, and my uncle, everyone left. And it was just me, and my dad, and my uncle. My dad and my uncle go, "Hey, come on." I said, "Well, where are you going?" They go up to the coffin. I said, "Why?" And they're like, it's, "It's time to cry. Everyone's gone." And I was like, I, in my head, I was like, "I'm I'm done. I think I'm done." And then I sat with the two men I respect the most, and I watched them sob crying, and I was like, "This is fucked up." Like they just were like, "Oh." yeah yeah and i was like what the fuck i yeah. was so freaked out by it i was like and you watched all all the traumatic events in their lives that they where they swallowed it as men right like where they said don't cry don't cry yeah. don't cry you watched all of them come pouring out right. like someone tore down a dam yeah and i was like oh fuck. you gotta have that i yeah. think you gotta have that yeah yeah, yeah. you gotta let it out did your brother but did you like but, but 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 the thing was, and uh, like no one else made it before he died. The rest of the family was flying in, and he passed in the night. And when he passed in the night, I was I was um, sleeping next to my mother. We got the call like at, at like three in the morning, and my mother started crying. And I was like, I'm happy. I'm happy he's gone. I spent that time with him. Like he was uh, he did a thing in where he was dehydrated, so you would wet a washcloth and let him drink from the washcloth. Oh. And it's like. Yeah, I'm glad he's. I'm glad he's gone. That's not. I'm glad he's gone. Like I'm glad he's like. And I'm glad he's. He shouldn't be like that for an extended period of time, you know. So um, but but as everybody else was flying in, that's when he passed. But I I came in because of my sister. I came in a day early and I got that time with him. I got God, that time with him. How fucking yeah, lucky are you? Yeah, I was. I'm super lucky. Super lucky. I think about. I think about the phone call I'll get when my dad dies. Who's gonna call me? Like I think about that a lot. Yeah, but. I mean, it sounds like you have a a, a good relationship with them, but it's yeah. like it's like one of those things where it's like, um, you know, there's some, there's some guys who like, yeah, I don't tell my dad I love you. We don't believe in that shit. Or it's like I don't kiss my father. Or it's like if there's anything left unsaid, 
it, it, it's too short, man. It's too short of a time not to kiss your father, not to tell your father you love him, and not to say the things that even if you have to hash it out a little bit. Like there was a time, like oh, we, you know, we had a tumultuous relationship uh, from from college. And basically until he passed, we would just go back and forth and fighting because I would come home and he would do that thing where it was like he was happy to see me at first and then it would wear off the next day a little bit. And, you know, everything was still fine. But then we, we, we it would the tension would build and we'd get into a huge fight and then we would fight. And then right before I would leave, we'd make up and wow. then I would go. And it, oh, that, that would repeat itself. Fuck. So finally, when I was about it took me till I was about 40, um, I, I stopped. I would, I would fight him. Like, well, the reason we had a contentious relationship is because he would start trying to take a piece of me and I, I would be like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to let anybody, I'm not letting anybody take a piece of me. I would yeah. fight back and that would fucking piss him off because Italians have this thing about, you don't, you, I'm your father, you don't disrespect me. You yeah. don't ever disrespect me. And it's like, you, I'm not a punching bag, dude. You don't just come at me any kind of fucking way. I'm not just going to take everything that you're going to throw at me for no reason. And he couldn't understand that. He's like, that's what my father did to me. And that's the way it is. It's not the way that it is. You fucking hated it when it was done to you. Have some. And he he, he couldn't he he couldn't see that part of himself. And uh, I wonder if that and, was and a it, way it, that he mourned the loss it, of his it, father. I think it was. I think it was because he really came at me hard. I'm like, I can't believe you're the guy who's doing this now. Yeah. You fucking hated it so much when it was done to you. And he couldn't see it. And we had a big blowout when I was 40. He he, he was just like drinking and he, he took a piece of me. He was trying to take a piece of me. And I was like, I'm not fucking taking it. And we we stopped talking for like a year. And and my mother was like, my mother is a soldier. She was like on my father's side, like till the end. And she was like, my father took my mother took his side and was like, you're, you're very, very disrespectful to your father. I'm like, I'm not talking to either of you. I'm not talking to either of you. And and it was just radio silence for like a year. And my family were like, couldn't believe it. I'm like, I'm not fucking taking that. I'm not taking that from you. I'm not a punching bag. Yeah. You know, and, and that's not the way you raised me. Anyway, ironically, ironically, you didn't raise that. Yeah. So uh, I'm not taking it. And, uh, I was disappointed in him because he never apologized for it. He we got together at a bar one night in Youngstown, in Ohio, where we're from, and he's like, "I'm not going to apologize." What were you guys doing back in Youngstown? I can't remember what it was did, for. Did they did they event. stayed in Florida, right? Yeah, 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 they were in Florida. But we got together in Youngstown, and uh, we were having a drink. And he's like, "You know, we can start talking again if you want, Mike." And uh, I can guarantee that that's not going, you know, the kind of fights that we have not going to happen again. But um, I'm your father, and he he repeated the respect thing, and I was like. All right, I guess I guess this is what I'm gonna get. I don't want to yeah. not talk to you for the rest of my life. But I was just in my heart, I was disappointed that he couldn't see that about himself and apologize to me. You know, because he was wrong. He was yeah. wrong to what what he did. And uh, but he was like, I'm. I we can go back to just talking again if you if you would if if you would agree to that. And I'm like, okay, you know, if that's what I'm gonna get, that's what I'm gonna get. I'm I, I, I'm fine with that. And he goes, but let me let me tell you something. He's like, and this this really hit home for me. He said, if you would have had my life, if you would have had my life, you would be dead in jail or in a gutter, in a gutter right now. And and I know what kind of background he came from. So I was like, you're probably right. With my sensitivity, yeah. you know, being, you know, beaten by your, watching your mother get beat, like, you know, growing up that way. Like I would have been massively fucked up. It's kind of so like I, it's I had like compassion. Way, yeah. It wasn't an apology, but he made it. He he told me that, and I immediately had compassion for him. He basically said, "Listen, you don't have it as bad as I had right. had it, right? And I'm not giving it as bad as I got it, right? So please understand that this is the best I can do. That's what it is. That's ex you just said it. 
It's like he was he wasn't apologizing. But he was like, he's like, he's like, it's not a, it doesn't seem like it's enough for you. But I'm playing outside of my fucking head right now. Yeah. As far as like at a high a, level, I understand that this isn't enough for you. Yeah, but you have no idea how right. fucking vulnerable this hurts. Yeah, he's That's like, I should be. And my mother, to her credit, like he was suffering for two years with this respiratory illness, and my mother kept him alive. The doctor even said to my mother, who's a family doctor that we've known forever, he's like, you kept him alive. You kept him alive for two years. My mother had his medication regimented. Would have him count out the pills, like. It was unbelievable. What was the respiratory disease? Was it COPD? He smoked so many cigars that he ripped the lining. He ripped the lining of his esophagus out in, 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 in his oh, lungs. Shit. Yeah. So the lining was 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 uh, ripped up. How are you with cigars. How are you with like cigars, cigarettes, marijuana, booze? I'm not. I I used to binge drink. You yeah. know. I used to like. I used to love to go out. I did Tony and Tina's wedding in South Philadelphia for a couple of years. I'm not bragging. <laughs> but um i did it and uh i used to love to go out with with the cast and just get hammered yeah like, i would love to just go get hammered and uh and 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 with girls too like i that was a big thing with like hanging out with girls where we just go get banged up and and drunk and i liked so much fun into my 30s like when i moved to new york especially i'm like you don't have to drive subways everywhere cabs i was just get, i would get hammered but i would i wouldn't do it like three nights in a row right I, I i couldn't do that i know guys who were like that i just couldn't do that I, so i would binge for a weekend and then go back to my life and, and and keep it clean for a week and but then the weekend would come and i would do it again so uh, alcohol was the biggest thing cigar once in a while but i i, I don't have that um did you smoke cigars with your dad yeah i did i still yeah, smoke yeah. cigars with my dad like yeah. they're uh that's like, our... like hanging out with the guy that killed him yeah <laughs> <laughs> cigars it's like hey let's hang out, out with the, the guy, guy who murdered them. your father <laughs> mid-roll reads mid-roll reads what are they these are mid-roll reads question which of my online searches does the government have the right to know about it is it a quicksand porn is it b tentacle porn is it d stop motion porn what happened to c you said a b d <laughs> The answer is none of them, Leanne. If you have ExpressVPN, you don't have to worry about any of that. Without ExpressVPN's protection, hackers, governments, ad companies, ISPs all have full access to your data. I don't want them to use my web history or my video searches against me. That's why I use ExpressVPN every time I go online. ExpressVPN encrypts and reroutes your web traffic to any number of countries, keeping you safer and secure. Simply download the ExpressVPN app, Connect, and boom, you're protected. With ExpressVPN, you can also make it seem like you're browsing from a different country, so you can watch anything in the Netflix library in the world that you want. How cool is that? ExpressVPN is the fastest VPN I have tried, and it costs less than $7 per month and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It is time to stop governments and internet companies from keeping tabs on your data. Take back your online privacy like I did with ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months for free at expressvpn.com slash BERT. That is expressvpn, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash BERT for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash BERT to learn more. Let's talk about finding freelance talent for your business or project. There's no better time right now than to hire someone in the freelance field 
Everyone's at home and then they can all do the work you need. But finding the right freelancer can be time consuming, frustrating, and expensive. Where do you go to find that talent? How much is it going to cost? How can you be certain they're going to deliver? Thanks to Fiverr, finding the right freelancer doesn't have to be a struggle. I know for a fact my biggest problem right now is finding uh, editors, finding people who can do uh, uh, do pictures. Do uh, what was the thing we're looking for posters the other day, Leanne? I don't know. Uh, graphic artists. Yeah, yeah. Fiverr's marketplace helps you get done more with less. Fiverr connects businesses with freelancers who offer hundreds of digital services, including graphic design, copywriting, web programming, and film editing, and more. Find what you're looking for instantly. Search by service, deadline, price, reviews, and more. You know exactly what you're paying for up front. No negotiations needed, and they've got 24-7 customer service. Quality talent that you can count on. The sellers have worked with some of the most influential brands in the world, and finding talent for your project right now has never been easier. You can go through reviewers' sellers' ratings, buyer feedback, and select the right freelancer based on your budget. Take five and check out Fiverr. That's F-I-V-E-R-R.com. And you'll receive 10% off your first order by using my code, BERTCAST. It's so easy. Don't waste any more time and get the service you deserve by going to Fiverr. That's F-I-V-E-R-R.com. Code BERTCAST. Fiverr. It starts here. By the way, there's the I'm never gonna laugh. I'm never gonna laugh as hard as you going. Um, you saying, uh, my dad was, you know, with food, with cigars, he'd buy lots of pets. That's fucking the funniest line. He would buy, but he would. He was like, and he would overeat, like everything. You know, it's like, uh, you know, he didn't have a drug problem because, like, in that when he came up, like it wasn't a thing. You know, to be, I mean, I, I mean, I guess it could have been a thing, but he was like. It's it just other things like you can abuse the shit out. I mean, people do it all the time. You can abuse food, and he did that. You know, he had to get one of the gastric bypass surgeries. And did, did and your brother? How was your, how was your brother's relationship with your dad? It's good, but my brother was like um, a non-confrontational guy. Oh, really? So yeah, yeah. My brother, he he had his struggles too, but uh, and and I don't want to get inside of his head or speak for him, but he was more of a not. My brother would just kind of like not respond to it. Would love but, to be that. But uh my father did this weird thing where it's like with me anyway, if he didn't respond to it, he would just go in harder. And, 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 and I, I had too much like, and I'm a non, I was a non-confrontational guy. I don't also. like confrontation at all. Yeah. I was a non-confrontational guy. I didn't want to do it, but he would, he would back you into a corner where, where I felt like I had no choice. Yeah. So I would come at him and then it would blow completely up. But at least if it would blow up, then it would be like, okay, we wouldn't talk. And it's just quiet. It would just stop him from like, trying to take a piece of me and then his family would like my mother and his sisters would be like he loves you it's just that he this is the way he shows he loves you i'm like at that point i'm like i don't give a fuck what it is to the point where i went home one time for like a spring break or something and uh we got into a huge fight and um my sister was like stop coming home i don't know what you're doing stop coming home and I, 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 i told my i told my father i'm like i can't stay here anymore i'll get a hotel yeah. I get a hotel and he's like, come on, Mike, don't do this. We we got to go through this. I'm like, we don't have to go through any of this. This is all in your fucking head. What are you doing? You're going to kill me. You're, you're try- you, you. I don't understand why we can't have a loving, normal relationship. Yeah. Why it's got to be like this confrontational thing. I, I could never understand that. But it's his like now that I have perspective, it's like it was his mental conditioning. It's how he thought that you should express love. Yeah. 
Now that's not an excuse for like somebody to take it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you want do you want like do you wonder if in relationships with women, if you seek out that kind of love? Like if you like Yeah, I've often wondered that. Because I have I have found people like my father. And by the way, my father and my relationship now is 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 really good. But it it was there were periods of times where my sister said to me, uh, I remember one of them saying going, Hey, do you think dad likes you? Like <laughs> And I was like, I was like, I don't know. Sometimes I go, they go, you seem to really aggravate him. Like you get really <laughs> under his skin. By the way, and I, and I would say with my dad, any of the problems I had with my dad, it was less about his conditioning and more about him watching a man that he helped create that was very different integrally from the way he was. Right. Like everything's a joke. Everything's fucking yuck yuck. N- not very serious. Doesn't take anything serious. And, and and my dad's one big thing was he was always he always foresaw tragedy around the corner with everything still to this day very much so and i didn't and i and now sadly i i've inherited that which really sucks but and that was where our hiccups were laying a lot was like you know and i think it was a lot of the times when he was taking those weight loss pills was the majority of our problems was then but um but i found that i i found people in my life or i'd find people like my, one of my first managers you know it was the relationship was less manager client it was more like me and my dad all over again right and i was like i was like look yeah. looking for his approval right, and right right me getting rid of him was the first step of me growing up and going like because my dad loved him my dad loved him my dad thought he was great my uncle flew out my uncle and my dad both flew out to new york to meet him and and kind of and the the only takeaway they had was he wore a hockey jersey to dinner like what kind of man wears a hockey jersey to dinner he didn't have a suit and i was like i don't know it's hollywood and, but but me leaving that manager my dad was like i don't know buddy and i was like no this is what i and that was like me making my own decisions right but yeah i, I don't I, I i found that i would reach out for i would find people that was basically my dad yeah yeah you try to recreate that yeah that happens. That does happen, and that's like a and then and then like I get, a blind spot where it's like I go to therapy, and it's like you in therapy? Yeah, yeah. I got to go, and, and it's a blind spot where it's like somebody on the outside in an objective way can help you see that, and you're like, oh yeah, I am unconsciously doing that. I'm and then I would get doing that. and then I would get into arguments. Like I'd say to my wife, I'd, I'd I'd bring up something about an issue that my my dad and I were having, and my wife would jump on my side immediately and tell me what was wrong with my dad and then i would flip it and start defending my dad that's great she would do that by the way she did that with my first manager i'd be like god damn it he doesn't call me and she's like yeah and he doesn't respect your stand-up and i'm like hold on i was like you don't fucking know the guy she's like well i'm just saying like he doesn't think you're a funny comic i promise you he didn't put you on the fucking whatchamacallit showcase he did and i was like what she's like yeah it seems like he just really focuses on this one guy and kind of like anything good you do he kind of shovels his way i'm like Hold the fucking fuck. Like, whose fucking team are you on? She's like, I'm on your team. You started this. God damn it. Yeah. What comics did you like when you started? Like when you started? Uh, Attell was. Um, Attell's everyone's. Every, everybody's favorite. And um, yeah, he's fantastic. Um, when I started. Um, were you doing just, was, it, when, was the Laugh House the Black Club? Yeah. And the so Black you. Were- so so uh, that worked to my advantage in a way in terms of like um helping me uh stand in it a little bit learn to stand in it because if black crowds don't like you they really let you know they don't <laughs> like you so um but it, it it 
when's um, wokeness going to catch that where they go where they go hold on black audiences are just like any other audience and then we get to go another no, night no, 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 not not even remotely but if they like you like you, if they you like you kill, they love you they love you and if they don't if you're not resonating with them they really let you know so it's like uh i didn't like the whole i i just i tried to base myself on joke writing kind of a a, a thing where it's uh because i had stage fright so I'm like, oh, I don't want to make myself that vulnerable because you're opening yourself up to rejection. So let me put my put all my mental effort into writing bulletproof jokes that are guaranteed to succeed. So it was a, it was a kind of a it's a weird thing because what was your first I enjoyed good worked? jokes, but I also it was a stage for it was a mechanism for avoiding stage fright. And I I, I still battle with that now, like where it's like you know a crowd is sitting there and, and I I just went through it. Like I'll be on the road sometimes, and it's like it's like um you hit them with the joke, you go up, you introduce yourself and I'm, I'm more engaging cause I have more, more of a skill set now, but it's like, they're going to joke. They're going joke to joke with you instead of just like buying in. So at some point I'll just, be, can you guys, can you guys, I'm going to, I'm here for you. Like, I want to, like, I want us all to have a good time. What are we doing, dude? Like you're looking at me, like the guys are looking at me like you're not better than me. And the girls are, uh, you know, getting like a little offended by some of the premises, even it's like, or like, who are you looking at me? Like, who are you? Like, and it's like, come on, can you just like, the whole goal is to have a good time here. So give me the benefit of the doubt a little yeah. bit and, and not like I, cause you have a feeling up there. I have a feeling like, Oh, you're trying to put me on the spot up here. And, and it's like, not that I can't stay in that and work it, but it, it, it shouldn't be this difficult. Like, it shouldn't be this difficult. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Like yeah, everything's yeah. in place. Like, let's just have a good time together. But you're not, you're not giving me good time energy. You're giving me TED talk energy. You're yeah, giving well, me like, yeah. um, all right, that was a good one. What's the next one? It's like, you know, come it's, on. Dude. It's like, interesting let's... because my, 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 uh, that energy, everyone gets it when yeah. you're, when, when you're doing clubs, so bringing it, going into a club and, and you're selling tickets off of radio or, or, or press that you do. And no one's there like, you have a small group of fans, but then you get a bunch of people that don't know who you are, right. and they got their arms folded. Right. And uh, my well, those can I say th those are the people who are are going out for a date night. Yeah. They're not comedy fans. No, they're not. Comedy they're people fans. who are like, okay, we could go bowling. We can go see this guy. Do you guys want to go do comedy? Great, yeah. I got eight tickets, and yeah. everyone's like, who is it? And right. they're like, doesn't matter. Right. And you're like, oh, that's maybe they saw you on you uh, a YouTube clip, but mostly they're just going out. They don't know you, but it's like there's a thing where it's like, and I find like with oh, I was in Atlantic City and I. I was in Atlantic City, and uh, it's like the, these older crowds where you would think, oh, man, these guys are going to be like, they're really old. But I would just go up there and just be murdering because they would just, once you got past your f first little like jokes about who you are, they just would buy in. Yeah. And then the rest of it would just be murder. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so great. Yeah. I wish it was like this all the time. But then I find with some some of the younger crowds, it's like they're like, OK, well, what what's what's next? It's like. I don't know what I have to, I mean, I, I'm experienced enough where I can stay in the pocket and just keep working them. But a part of me goes, why do I got to keep, why do I got to do that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, and maybe that comes with, and not maybe, I'm sure it comes with having a following. You know what I mean? Like having oh, a following, uh, having, it's like, <clears throat> Seinfeld had a thing, like it's like, they give you the benefit of the doubt, but they're there to see you and that's a different vibe Seinfeld, than it is. Seinfeld was, is a tad bit inaccurate because I remember what he said is, yeah. If you're famous, they give you the benefit of doubt. That'll that'll get you like two minutes, but then you got to be bring the funny. Whatever. Yeah, but I think that's in a thing where it's like a club show where they're not there to say when they come out to see you. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what my my, my statement is. If they're coming to see you, 
you get the benefit of the doubt yeah. for an, an hour and right. 30 minutes. Right. I mean, to a fault, at, at times, you'll go and... I was just talking to Joe about this uh, this weekend. This I had a very great conversation with Joe about what I'm doing wrong. And, like, it's it's great when you have friends that can see perspective wise see what you're doing wrong right and and be and are and are beyond you at a point where they go oh let me just let me get you back on track that's great there's a girl um taylor thomason was talking about a girl that uh that gave her perspective and i was like those are so fucking important for someone to go oh i i know what i know i know what you're going for but you're you're shifting off a little bit right and we were saying that sometimes when you do like theaters filled with your fans you can get away with shortcuts that do not cut do not uh cut the meat in in an in a in a non in like a paid audience where they don't know who you are right or maybe know who you are but they're not a fan right and i found that out very quickly at the improv the other night of like people i fit that all knew who i were right they were all there to see joe and man my first set went horrible like really horrible and that hasn't happened in a long time wow. for me where I was like, where I was like silence at some points, like dropping punchlines, and it just did not go over. And I was like, wow, I wonder if I'm resting a lot on the fact that you have to know me. Yeah. And you're like, wow. So then the next set, I just skinnied up everything, right? And was like, and had a much better set, but but it was like, but like, so, uh, there was a joke, and Joe's like, yeah, it's get rid of this joke, man. Like, it's not. It, it, it makes you sound unlikable it makes it sound like you don't love your wife well if you come to my show and you see me in like a theater you're like i'm there to see bert right if bert says something shitty about his wife we all yeah, listen to the podcast that's a good we know point. how much you love him yeah love, but if i don't know you or your wife you just sound like a guy who's ungrateful yeah and 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 that was really fucking eye-opening yeah. to me i was like oh that corner that cut corner right i i need to if i'm going to do that i need to make it clear for everyone right so um but yeah, I, I mean, what what's what what do you? There's what, something about there. There's something about, and I, I, I hope you know what I'm talking about here. Where it's like, I, I think you will. It's it's okay. It's a tough crowd, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna because I now I don't get mad at them. I take the attitude of like, uh, I, I wait till after. I, I get frustrated after. But when I'm when I'm on stage, I go, let me get them. Let me keep working them. Mm -hmm. Let me keep working them. But it's like it's a thing where it's like the thing when I first saw you. It's like you stay in the pocket, but you get them on your terms. You don't, you maintain your integrity because a lot of guys can get them by pandering. Or do you ever have somebody who's like a drunk woman in the crowd and they try to hijack the show? Yeah. Now you could just play into her hands and pass the time, do it like a penalty kill and just make her happy. But why the fuck should she hijack the show? Yeah. So it's like, shut her down any way you can. And even if you have to be abrupt, like, look, stop. Because the crowd's not on your side. That's a tough thing to do. It's like, yeah. look, stop. And then, and then go on with trying to earn it it's a very tough spot to be well, you know what because I you're did. trying to maintain your integrity. You're not pandering to them, but I'm going to maintain my integrity and I'm going to bring you in on my terms. You know what not I on your terms because you don't know comedy, obviously. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm not saying that in a condescending like way. It's like I'm going to do it. I'm going to lead you. Like yeah. you guys don't know, but I'm going to. This is funny. You can. You, this will be digestible. But I'm going to lead you through this. So I'm not going to pander. I, I want you uh -huh. in, but I want you in on my terms. Yeah. I used to do, and I still do. I don't do it as much now, but it, like, because it's a little different. But I used to do something. It's an old David Tell trick. Is if I had a drunk person in the audience who wanted to be a part of the show, I would ask them the setup to my jokes, asking them for a punchline, right? And then they'd say their punchline, and I'd say mine, which was ten times better. Right. So like, uh, like, uh, 
like uh, I remember one of the, by the way, I wish these were higher brow setups, but like, uh, what's the best way to, to go down on a chick? And you hear the guy and the guy would give his fucking real quick knee jerk answer. Right. And then I would have mine and go, oh, that's different. I don't do that the same way. I put my lips, lips around her entirely and go, oh, and I go, that's so crazy. <laughs> and so you get a big laugh because you knew you had a joke there. Right, right. And then I go, wait, when you go out with a girl, like, and I would do it. I watched Atel do it one night brilliantly. Like, but his jokes are so much yeah. better. Yeah, 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 so much better that me. like he would ask someone the setup to his joke and then they would reply and then he would go, oh, that's interesting, because dot, 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 wham! And you'd be like, what the fuck? And then uh, and then inevitably, Atel would go, you see how this works? I've prepared for this evening. Yeah. You haven't. Yeah, Let yeah. me take care of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Atel's like, a fucking genius, genius. man. He's genius. A, a legit genius. Yeah. He's I one mean. of my favorite. He's He might be my favorite, favorite comic. Like, to yeah. watch. Because I've been with him on the road, and... Um, and uh, I, I've opened for him and, and had good sets and, and come off, um, pat myself on the back, feeling pretty good about myself. I'm, like, I'm a pretty good comic, dude. This is, uh, <laughs> this is working out for me. I have a lot of bright things in my future. And then he goes up and just annihilates on another level oh. that I've never seen before. Like people, like I'm getting laughs, people watching him can't catch their breath. They can't catch their breath. It's, it's like, it's like. Um, the way Manny Pacquiao used to fight, where it's like he'll hit you with three shots, turn you, three more shots, turn you, two more shots, and then the exchange is over, and then he resets, and it's like, I, I what you're throwing? Like, I'm throwing like one punch, yeah, one punch, two punches at a time. He's like one, two, three, turn one, two, three, and then uh, and then and the shots are harder than anything that you're throwing. He and says, it's like, he it's says, unbelievable. Things, I, if I'm lucky, if I have a set where I say one thing that belongs on a T-shirt, he says things that belong on a tombstone like where i go put that that's what anytime you say this I, to this day the things the, the one thing that where i lines he's had where i literally stop it and rewind it when he says i want the kind of woman who drinks jack and diet coke you know the kind of woman that goes out and yells the n-word at a lunar eclipse <laughs> i just i mean just like oh he's just so fucking so fucking yeah. i think it was like an eclipse but anyway but like he's just so fucking smart yeah and uh, what's it what? I mean, he's fast on us i mean he's he's got the, all the intangibles like he's a great writer but he's like very fast on his feet like anything you throw he just can he can jujitsu big it jay it. said one time you know dave was driving out to see his mom a lot i guess i don't know i'm not certain i'm gonna say names of cities that I'm, but they're not accurate i'm just telling you i'm re-translating the story so maybe Jay, uh, Dave's mom lives in uh, Levittown. Let's just say Levittown. Right. I don't know where she lives, by the way. And my dad grew up in Levittown. That's why I'm using Levittown. And Big J was driving out, and he was back and forth. So Big J does a gig out in uh, at Governor's, which yeah. is in Levittown. Right. And by the way, it's not Levittown. I'm just using this as an example. And he's been watching Dave work out all week, knowing Dave's been driving back and forth. And the drive out, he saw like nine Atel punchlines just on road signs and like, Sign, like signage on the street and he's like he's been driving just writing jokes just like <laughs> you know like an asian hand job from from for 4.99 full body i bet they say full body like he's just he's seeing set up and punchlines yeah. on the drive that's how fucking brilliant he it's was. usual suspects yeah it's, it's, usual uh, suspects. it's, 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 it's kaiser sose he's looking at the he's looking at the bulletin board oh yeah i'll tell you what man the one thing i look at this is what i've, I've we've I've been talking a little ad nauseum about this, but like the one thing I've been trying to do lately is 
I always try to like better myself with every special, like do something different, get out of my comfort zone and see if I can tackle another angle. Right. I've never been, I've never been great with setup punches. I'll get two or three good ones in an hour, like, like legit, maybe two or three good ones. But, um, what'll happen is I'll, I'll write them and then I've got to fucking shoehorn them into my, to my story. Right. But, um, this out this new hour i'm trying to work i'm like this i know this sounds so silly especially for a new york comic to say this to a new york comic but like i'm really trying to work on act outs a lot more because i've been watching when guys do an act out and like Atel's no act outs whatsoever right. whatsoever but like the littlest action just can floor me sometimes right i watched sebastian the other night yeah and just the way he said something yeah. and he's and i'm like and it's not, I'm just like, why am I not adding that to my rep? Why am yeah. I, what am I yeah. afraid of? Am I afraid I'll be bad at it? Well, then right. I'll work on it. Right, I'll right, see if right. I can get better. Right. But joke writing is like, I've I've never been, the all my good jokes that I've ever written are all kind of like ripped off of the way a tell writes jokes. You know what cops hate when you touch their faces? <laughs> you know, like. But do you ever have that thing where it's like, oh, because I have the mindset is if I adjust my practice, then the result will change. So it's like um, I, my first album is like I'm I'm mostly a joke guy. It's 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 a lot of it's a lot of jokes. So, but I'm like, okay, what's my connection? I have the other thing where it's like I have jokes, but it's like, what's my emotional connection to these jokes? Like people will relate much better if there's an emotional connection there. So it's like, oh, my next thing I do, like let, let me try to like let me instead of like oh I need some marriage jokes, I need some gambling jokes. Instead of like I'm I need these jokes. It's like instead of that, it's like start journaling. Start yep. journaling a little bit, and then it's like, oh, because there's stuff that happens every single day that you, if you don't examine it, it, it will go to waste. But it's like you're already you, you have the ability to write jokes. Like, so if you journal, you'll have like the scaffolding, you'll have the information there, and then you can turn the organic things that are happening to you into jokes. Are you talking about Megabus? Yeah, Megabus, Megabus is a story. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's a, a story. story. It's a story it's like fucking brilliant. Thank you. And it's such a brilliant like. It's just it's this, you know. It's like sometimes with with comics enjoying comedy it's the simple things where we go i was right there like god right. damn it man right. it's so good it's not it's not complicated you don't have to over the sim like stanhope has a joke that is i i can't even do it justice I, I would never be able to do it justice right now saying it and even bringing up the premise i couldn't do it justice but it's a premise people have veered away from because it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a it's it has been at times a tired premise. But Stanhope leaned into it. And he does it so masterfully that you're like, you're like that it turns into one of the most epic right. jokes you've ever fucking heard. And I, I'm I don't even know what I'm saying about this, but yeah. it's like I look at stuff like that where I go, and you did that with Megabus. It's like the little the that one, I don't know why I keep going back to that one joke. The whole album is amazing, but that Megabus joke had me fucking rolling, thank like you, like crying. It's so how did yeah. did you? Well, my car got my my car got stolen in Queens. Yeah. So I started. It depends how you look at things too. It's like I always was like uh, I had to work through this in therapy too. Like running uphill guy. Like everything's a problem. I got this to do today. I got this to do today. It's like it's like and my therapist was like, what a what a terrible way to look at the world. No wonder you're exhausted all the time. It's like you can't look at things that way. How about getting up in the morning going, 
I'm doing this. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to tackle this. It's like yeah. have that kind of approach. And that that's been my problem all through my life. Even with wrestling, it's like, oh, I got to cut weight. Oh, I got to rest. One, just one time I would like to be like, I'm going to go tear this kid up. Like I didn't, I never had that mentality. Yeah. So my car got stolen in Queens, <laughs> cut to my car getting stolen. I go there. It's not there. And um, I go through all this stuff with the cops and whatever. And uh, they're not being helpful. They don't show up for a couple hours. They're not helpful. And, um, and we, never find it until eight months later it's burned out and uh and, and stripped and now i have no car it's like oh this could seem like a a terrible situation but it's like there's you know it hits you sometimes like there's jokes here there's a ton of jokes here so the worst experience is like there's a ton of stuff that can come out of this and i ended up like taking it and then molding it and then doing it on the tonight show and i'm like all from a sto the stolen car is like a you know, a thing that's a t could be judged as a terrible thing, yeah. but I turned it and, and put it on the Tonight Show. So it's like you can take stuff like that and and manipulate it to to work for you. And that and this is a I'm saying this as a guy who's always like, ah, oh, I got to do this, like looking at the negative. Yeah. So there's a way to do it, and I, I figure if you take that mindset into situations, you can turn them. For the oh better. yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Good yeah. guys really do. What's well, so funny? I, well, I I'm never good at I'm never good at that. Like I'm always good at my wife will be like. Hey, this there's a joke happening right here. Right. Or, or she'll point it out and I'm like, oh yeah. Sadly, my brain is like, I'm so self-centered that it, it's kind of bizarre, but like I I think about myself so much <laughs> and like my interactions with other people and how much like that I, I I feel like lately it it's taken other people to go, Hey, you doing that thing you, you the thing you told at dinner the other night? You doing that as a bit? And then I go, Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I yeah. feel like but that's that's why I'm saying like the practice because of a like I was missing a lot too and like journaling helps if you tr if I, I got to journal I'm gonna day. journal I'm gonna journal I'm and then writing journaling. the notes on your phone like when it when it when it hits you you know it's like there's there's something here here I'll tell you I, what I, I don't even know what I'll it tell is you what but there's I have something here on my, on my phone yeah. tell me if you can help me turn this into a joke um uh this is this is this is something my wife said that I could not stop laughing at she wasn't trying to be funny and um. We we were driving over the hill yesterday, and there was a guy. You know those ladders that have like, they're like four different things you can do with it. You can turn it into a ladder. You can do it to a scaffolding. You can. It's like it's like a ladder. Swiss Army. It's a Swiss Army ladder. ladder. Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna sound horrible. There was a Hasidic Jewish person, uh, with like the whole getup, right? right? Like the fuzzy hat, the locks, the 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 uh holsters like the whole outfit right and he had protective goggles and the longest uh saw i've ever seen in my life and he's going to get on the thing and as soon as he he's got it made a scaffold as soon as he steps on the scaffold it collapses he throws his arms out and lands flat on his side he ate shit so hard through the fucking thing and my wife could not stop laughing and i said and I, the, this is just the base of it. And I said, "What?" I go, hey, that guy got really fucking hurt. And she goes, oh, honey, there's something you need to know about me. I can't stop laughing when I watch people fall. And I said, really? She goes, I had a training video when I worked at Lowry's and it was about people falling. She goes, I laughed through the whole fucking thing. And Isla just peeps out of the back. She goes, I love watching people fall too. And the fact that these two women love watching people fall, I, I go, there's something there. I got to find the okay, thing there. I, I think I have it. Okay. Okay, your your wife is watching the 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 Jewish guy has just fallen, yeah. right? And she goes, "Oh, honey, there's something you should know about me. I'm Muslim." 
<laughs> that's why I enjoyed it. <laughs> I like watching I'm a Palestinian. Jews fall. Yeah, yeah. I'm anti-Semitic. Something like that. Either one of those. <laughs> oh. And that's how I found out my wife was uh, a member of the Nazi. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to. Uh, the joke I wrote today. To, I'm 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 all about planting a seed for a joke and letting it pay off like five months from now like i'll, I'll give you but a do you like check in on it is that a thing you do i'll give you a perfect example uh five years ago i wrote a yelp review okay i was i was just i had a really great blt i was with some friends and i was i was could not shut up how good this blt was it's an old hamlin restaurant in uh in michigan and they're like write a fucking yelp review why don't you and so I wrote a Yelp, a very intense Yelp review, like a fucking very, very intense Yelp review. And the joke was for no one. The joke was for no one. And I thought, I hope one day it pays off. Like, hopefully, like, hopefully one day I'll be successful and someone will find it and go, holy shit, this was five years ago. Bert wrote a fucking extremely aggressive Yelp review about a BLT had. Well, two, three weeks ago, Bert and I are doing a podcast and he says, um, says, who the fuck writes Yelp reviews? And then I, I go, I do. And he's like, you write Yelp reviews? And I go, I have. And he's like, no fucking way. I go, yeah, I'll see if I can find one. So I find that Yelp review and I send it to him. This is fucking, it's like a joke that you plant five years ago. Yeah. It's almost like leaving like a time machine in your front yard and then digging it up. And it's all just jokes. And he wrote it. He read it and he goes, this is the funniest thing I've ever fucking read in my life. <laughs> and it's 10 times funnier knowing that you didn't write this for anyone. You wrote this for yourself in a fuck just going like like a perfect example perfect perfect example this is this is a long time ago my wife and i were, we live in an apartment and uh she had had uh tape on the counter on the table and i was cutting my toenails and i had a pile of toenails and i was like oh fuck so i just grabbed the tape and i took the tape and i taped them underneath the underneath the table <laughs> and i thought one day i won't remember that i've done this right my wife will find this she'll say something to me and I'll laugh and I won't be able to stop laughing because I'll remember I did this as a joke for myself in the future. And oh my so, God. so I taped them on a thing. So then we move the, we're moving apartments, maybe like two years later, we're moving apartments. She lifts up the table. And as she does, I think about them and she goes, what the, f now I get to experience her go, what the fuck is this? Like, I couldn't stop laughing and she was like hold on this isn't fucking funny why would you tape like those things now that's where you bring it back but a Jew falling is <laughs> yeah but if I <laughs> fell and did that then all of a sudden there's a fucking joke in there but like I love like I sometimes I'll that's put, really I mean a lot of thought man that's 2013. What's this? oh is this Frank and Nick's yeah I do this is a bad review Okay, so this, I got to apologize to Frank and Nick. Frank and Nick's West End Grill in Baltimore. That's, uh, that was a case of me being drunk. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and so I, so I, uh, this was a dick move. And this is why I don't write negative Yelp reviews. I went in, I said to the bartender, I said, uh, hey man, what's good? And he goes, I don't know. I go, well, like, what, what do you recommend? And he goes, uh, why don't you look at the menu? And I was like, okay so I look at the menu and i go how's the turkey sandwich and he goes fine it's a turkey sandwich and i was like all right i guess i'll have the turkey sandwich and then i got the turkey sandwich and it was clear that it had it was not 
there was no love had gone into it. It was right. it was it was like the most bland, horrible turkey sandwich right. I'd ever had in my life. I ordered a beer from the guy, and I was like, I don't want to tip, but I go, I can't not tip. Yeah, I'm just gonna let everyone. I'm gonna tip. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna say my piece on Yelp. So I wrote. I don't. Do you, did you? Is can you read the review? <laughs> oh good so i but you were drunk at the time i was drunk okay. and i wrote a nasty review of okay. frank and nicks of heidi and frank's whatever not heidi and frank's but so then i go on rogan and rogan's like uh we're, they're talking about yelp and i go oh dude i just yelped this one fucking place heidi and nicks and he was like what happened i said i said exactly what i just said the guy was a fucking asshole and the place sucks fuck that place and fuck fuck them dude i'm a customer i should have come in the fucking owner is like direct messages me he's like bro i'm a fucking fan of yours like why wouldn't you share this with us there why wouldn't you ask for a manager that's not the the way to do it is you ask for man don't blow me up online right he's like i have my money invested in this yeah. like don't be like be a man and come up and say hey man right. your bartender sucks he goes by the way i fired that guy he is a dick i wish you had told me and then i could have known that and then i was like i'm sorry he's like dude you've costed me like people are hitting me up they're destroying my yelp like my yelp reviews are down low like He's like, man, please yeah, you forget what kind of platform you forget. You forget that you. Yeah. We talked about this right when we got on here. Yeah, yeah. You forget that you say someone's platform, fucking man. name or you do some shit like that, and people go that affects their lives. Yes, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm all for that. By the way, not not affected, but like having that conversation in private and like uh, dealing with it on the spot and not like not doing it online or I'll tell you, or, I'll or, you or even if you're not thinking about it, like. Yeah, it's better to do on the spot, man. I had a friend who uh, I had a friend who uh, was going through some shit, and I ended up talking about it. And he just called me. He's like, "Hey, man, why didn't you just say nothing? Like, why did you have to say it at all?" And yeah. I was like, "I don't know." He was like, "Well, you know, you can also not say anything." Right. And I was like, "Yeah, I guess you're right. right." But in this day and age where you're like, where you feel like you have a voice, and anything that happens, you know, like the fucking Logan Paul versus Chris D'Elia, like I regret i mean i'm friends with delia right and so right. i immediately pick delia's side and i make fun of logan paul i don't know logan paul yeah but logan paul sees that and he's like going through some shit in his life it's the last thing he fucking needs yeah. is some guy with a platform right fucking talking shit about him when he's like dude i fucking filmed a dead body i didn't know this was gonna happen okay clearly i fucked up right. let me just like right, and right. then i fucking went after a professional comedian and i fucked up again like right and then because now i kind of like this sounds really silly but like logan paul and jake paul I kind of follow them and yeah. I get a kick out of them. The fact that they're boxing and they fucking fly private jets and they yeah. drink champagne. And like, I don't, I don't have any negative thoughts for them. Tim right. Dillon's friends with them. Right. Says he's like, they're actually really good guys. It's bizarre to see their lifestyle. But like, it is kind of crazy. Is that you're right. It's like, have a private conversation. Yeah. And there's no reason to make it public. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's like Kevin Brennan when he said he cheated on his wife and, it, and then she found out. Did you ever hear this story? No. He did it on Opie and Jim. And she found out and they go, he came back to Opie and Jim and they're like, they're like, so you got in a lot of trouble. He's like, yeah, my wife's leaving me. And they're like, what? He's like, yeah, I guess I said I cheated on her and she heard it. And they're like, what? He's like, yeah, I said to her, that was in the last five minutes of the show. Who listens to the last five minutes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's better to keep those, uh, you know, personal beefs, keep them, keep them um, off. Off well, the airwaves, I dude, would say. I'm you know, so I'm not... fucking glad that me and you got to do this. I've been wanting to podcast with you for yeah, a while. Yeah, man, I really appreciate. Time. I really appreciate because I I reached out to you, man, and, and I really appreciate you having me dude, on, dude. Any Thank time, you so much. man. Look, I'm telling you, me and you are connected. Yeah, and like we are legit. Yeah. Are that yeah. I there there are th when when you succeed, I feel that in a weird way because I go like 
that moment we had with Mew and Jay in that yeah. fucking hotel room where we realized how we were connected, I was like, oh my God, I almost got into a fist fight with you in college. Yeah. Like, and then, and then you to see these two dudes who were both probably self-proclaimed meatheads at the time yeah. come to a place where we're both at doing the same fucking right. occupation right. is so bizarre a coincidence yeah, that I a, don't think it's a coincidence. Yeah, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing how, how things work out. I mean, I don't yeah. know if you know this, but like I've, I've silently and vocally been a champion of yours about how fucking it. talented you I are. I do know it, and like, I, I appreciate. it. I had my manager. Yeah. I was like, I, I, I grabbed my manager. I was like, you got to see this guy, best fucking comic in the business. Fucking your album comes out, dude. Hardcore. Any, I'm telling you when I say this. That's why I say this. Anytime you ever have anything you want to promote, my podcast is an open platform. Even if you can't make it out, you're like, yo, I'm doing another po podcast. Right. Would you mind throw it in the reads? A hundred percent. Any project you got going on tour dates you name it you want me to retweet anything fucking done dude i oh, really man. honestly I, I i have so much love for you and so much respect for because comedically dude there's not a lot of guys doing what you're doing that like, means a lot man you're the fucking i really appreciate that and i know i told you this at the impractical uh jokers tour but like i watched you uh you know for after i met you jays you were in the clubs for years and years you know, working uh, the improvs and and stuff, and and to see you in theaters now, like getting your due, is uh is unbelievable, and I'm, oh, I'm proud thank of you. Man. you. I I, tell, I, told, I remember, I don't know how much this shook down, but I was like, I remember hitting up Jay, going, "You think Mike would go do the road with me and take him out on theaters?" And he's like, "Yeah." Yeah. And I was like, I was absolutely. like, I would love for him to be on some yeah. fucking dates. Yeah, that would be great. So my my fan, my the crowds that come see me, yeah, bro, you are the perfect setup for me. Like you, we do we do the same we have the same uh perspectives right but fucking such different, different styles different styles yeah, of comedy yeah. it's fucking great man yeah. anytime you ever see a date where you're like like yo man i'd love to get on that show beacon theater i'm there in uh in mid-march i think this podcast will probably be coming out right before then i'm there march let me see uh march 7th i'm in the beacon theater Are you in town uh i think i'm out the beginning of march and then I'm going to Skankfest at the end, but like Skankfest South, yeah, ah, Skankfest South. That's gonna be fucking. But uh, an I, like my calendar journey. only goes six months, so after June, okay, uh, after June, I'm I have nothing on the books. Well, I got I, I I haven't announced this tour, but I have a tour starting. Oh, how about uh, how about what about July? Well, I think I said July eight. Oh yeah, how about July eighteenth? Yeah, that's got nothing past June. Let's yeah. let's let's book this now. July eighteenth. I'm at the Borgata. I have two shows. Um, July eighteenth. I'm gonna put you on. No, no, not at all. Please let them know. No, I announced it this morning. Actually, um, I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna send it to them. They'll just reach out to you. Okay. And so if you, if something comes up better, obviously, you feel free. July. 18th. Mike Beckione, July eighteenth the borgata can you please reach out yeah that'll be fucking that's blast, great dude. man thank you two shows borgata is so much fun is it the music room or do you do the do you do i have no idea no oh, okay i have no idea if i'm doing two shows i'm sure it's not the big room okay i don't know what i was just i was just there yeah i was just there too i was there last oh week. no 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 i'm it's, it's the big week. room it's it is yeah yeah i yeah, was I it's because i went out I and figured, i was like yeah. this is i'm not familiar with this room yeah yeah i was just there um but yeah, so July 18th. That's great, man. I'll have Thank him hit you. you up, and, and that would be great, man. That's great. We'll have a fucking great time, too. Yeah. About your brother. Your brother's out there, right? Now, my brother's in North Carolina now. Oh, really? But uh, 
Yeah, that's uh, that's fun. It's it's a good time. My idiot cousins yeah. from Philly will all come out. It'll be a blast. <laughs> well, dude, thank you for doing this, man. Yeah, man, thank you. Can what, I plug yeah, dates? Yeah, please, please, um, please, and write these down so we can throw them up in the intro too. Okay. Um, for uh, my social media is at Comic Mike V. So uh, please follow me on all social media platforms at Comic Mike V. My website is MikeVecchione.com. Um, in uh, February twenty, uh, I'll be in these cities: Connecticut, Texas. Uh, Illinois. So Windsor Locks, Connecticut, February 28th and 29th at Bobby V's. Um, Austin, Texas, March 4th through the 7th, Cap City. And uh, Chicago, Illinois, uh, Zanies, March 11th through the 14th. So Windsor Locks, Connecticut, Austin, Texas, and Chicago, Illinois. Um, and also I'll be at Skankfest uh, South in uh, Houston, Texas, March 27th through the 29th. Please, please listen to my podcast, No Disrespect. It's on the Gas Digital Network. Um, you can get it downloaded on iTunes also. That's no disrespect. And please buy my album, The Worst Kind of Thoughtful, available on iTunes. Anyway, Thank you. We should just cut that and put that in the in our read because that's all the information. Uh, yeah, that's fucking awesome, dude. Thanks, You're man. the fucking best, man. I appreciate you having me, man. I really do. No, I appreciate it. Thanks. Let's go in. I'll walk, walk you through my house one more time. <laughs> This episode was brought to you by The Machine.